Oh, hey, Al. Thanks for coming out, man. We're super pumped to have you on the show finally. Yeah, man. I'm excited too. Uh, thanks for having me out. Uh, question before we start. I'm assuming since you're a designer, you use Photoshop a lot, right? Sure. All the time. Why do you ask? Well, uh, actually, we're thinking about posting a new promo picture for the podcast. We want a picture of Jim basically like all bloody and messed up. Yeah. Like, do you think you could show us a few tricks to make that leg like, easier? Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, let me pull up a picture of him really quick. Hey, can you guys keep it down? I'm trying to write the skit for tonight. <sighs> can you make it look like I punched him in the face? For sure. No problem. <laughs> Oh, what the hell was that? <laughs> awesome. Make it look like his legs are broken. Two broken legs coming right up. Oh, oh no. Oh, God. No, guys, stop. Oh. 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 Anything else? Oh, I can't think with all this screaming. Can you shut him up? Oh, For sure. Oh, that's better. So, what happens if I push delete? Do it! Wicked. You're listening to the Buzzed Kill Podcast. Welcome to episode 9 of the Buzzed Kill Podcast. I'm Mike. Oh, shit. He's gone still. Bring him back. Oh, Command Z. <laughs> uh, one more time. Right, we need him to Command talk. Command Z. Oh, oh, God. I hate you guys. I'm Jim. <laughs> and I'm Justin. Hi, Justin. <laughs> hey. And tonight, uh, we have a very special guest in the house. It's Alex Sheldon. Hello. What's Hi, up, Alex? Alex. Uh, for those Ooh, of you who don't, stereo. oh, <laughs> uh, for those of you who don't know Alex, Alex is the guitarist in my band, our band, uh, Search the City. He's also a design virtuoso. Uh, cre- creator, cre- you, you got to live up to some strong words now. Creator <laughs> of the official font of the 2016 CrossFit Games. Did I get that right? <laughs> I believe so. And uh, most importantly, he's a fan of our show, which is just amazing. Uh, what's up, Alex? How you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're happy yes. to have you, man. Yeah. <laughs> We've been waiting for a few weeks because Alex got kind of busy. And uh, and Justin yeah. needed time to catch up on Stranger Things. Yeah. I'm at 28 minutes now. <laughs> I know you guys, last time I was at 27. Way to go, Justin. I'm at 28. <laughs> <laughs> we've been waiting. Uh, we've been because uh, I I finished Stranger Things uh, a few weeks back. I finished it. I think a couple weeks before you. Yeah, and we we wanted to talk about it, but we decided to wait until Alex got plus, here because he is uh, an insanely huge fan. Plus, there was an oh, I feel there was an oversaturation of Stranger Things everything at the time. Like right when it finished, everybody was like Stranger Things. Right. You know, we've, like we've already discussed that we're usually fashionably late or unfashionably, however you want to look at it for the party. So <laughs> just late. Uh, so, yeah. we, so we waited for you, Al. I, I appreciate it. And, um, you know, I, I got to give a shout out to Paul Biondo for recommending the show to me. Um, and then, uh, you know, I, I think Jim and I talked about it a little bit. And I had said something like the uh, extent of like, I wish I could go like wipe my mind and like <laughs> go back and watch it again with like popcorn and, and a you know soda and like 
I think I get, said that a few weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, you did. You did. A, and was I right in assuming that the reason you said that is because it's like it makes you feel like a child? Like you just want to sit there with a huge bowl of popcorn and some um, cola in your, your Star Wars sleeping bag, just like you know. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know, like if it's so much that or like if it's like for me, like it felt like a big event. Like I got that feeling <laughs> like going into Jurassic Park for the first time right, in the right. theater, or like ET did it yep. for me, like watching those kind of movies or, uh, or even like when uh, like when these big tv show events would come on you know like your whole family would get together and you would be parked in front of the tv you right. know like yeah like dinosaurs <laughs> yeah uh, it was sequest for me every sunday night sequest bitch <laughs> dude dinosaurs was awesome i we were definitely a dinosaurs family we do would, you do you remember the finale of that show no i didn't i just i, I remember like maybe like when there was an episode where like the brother had to like he had a roar really loud and like if he didn't have a loud roar he'd have to jump off a, a cliff <laughs> oh, and he was like ready to do it i remember that. no the, the that robbie uh, was robbie his name yeah yeah the the ending of that the, like the finale of that show was so depressing because, was it like the end of days or something like that yeah it was yeah. like it, like the uh um the company that earl worked for they basically messed up the the atmosphere so so badly that it brought on like eternal winter. And oh, you mean climate change? Twenty sixteen. That's gonna happen <laughs> right. at the end of this. Well, year. let's not get into that. Uh, but it, it's like the the very end of the show is like so bleak. It's like it's it's Earl explaining to the baby that you know like we're gonna be okay, but they're clearly not gonna be okay. And then he goes and he looks out the window. Like all depressed, knowing that his whole family's gonna die. It's like the worst. Oh it's man, like, it's, it's like, the worst finale ever. It's like like Schindler's List shit, you know? Like when they're talking to the kids. Like seriously, it's dark. Your kids are gonna <laughs> die. <laughs> well, well, Schindler's List was. I, I guess you could technically say that they're both based I'm not, on I'm real not events. I'm not saying that the Holocaust was the same as dinosaurs. I'm not saying that. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's move on from where we are right now. Just lost all the Jewish community I, 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 I listeners. Like I just offended like millions of people. Um, so we're going to move on from uh, Mike's anti-Semitic <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> Sorry, Mike, I'm joking. So anyways, uh, 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 Ross Duffer described the Stranger Things as uh, like they were going for like him and his brother wanted to do the summer popcorn blockbuster yeah and that's exactly what they pulled off right mm -hmm. it's a and it's amazing it was, it was an event um before hold on before we get into because uh, well here's here's a couple of things uh today we have two topics one being uh design because alex is here and we're talking about kind of design like we wanted to go back to the heyday of uh of like vhs box cover art and posters like back back in the golden age like the golden era the, the 70s the, the 80s the golden age of going to the video rental store and just browsing for hours all of those that that beautiful box art you know like right yeah which we all did and then we're also going to be talking pretty heavily about stranger things yeah. since alex is here so and we're all excited spoiler about alert right now when we get to stranger things if you <laughs> haven't watched it probably should turn off the podcast <laughs> yeah big, big time spoilers coming <clears throat> yeah um also before we get into what we're drinking today um uh i know I, I i made an announcement on the search the city band facebook page uh regarding uh um a project or i guess uh, would you call it yeah a project that the original six members of search the city have going on uh we'll be making a, an announcement about that at the end of this show 
So if you're here lo- looking for that, you yeah. got to listen to a lot of hot air for about an hour and a half before we get yeah. to it. Yeah, we're not gonna we're not gonna tell them it's possible to fast forward through this part. I, I don't don't fast forward through this part. It's gonna be fun. Hang out with us. I heard that if you fast forward, your computer gets a virus yeah. and it shuts down, and uh-huh. all of your porn gets leaked to your parents. <laughs> that's, that's exactly what happens. That's exactly what happens. Well, this uh, this is an appropriate setting because we're we're talking about scary things, ghosts, and old things. And search the city. Exactly. <laughs> You're giving too much away. <laughs> Um, so uh, Alex so yeah, bought the beer tonight. Yeah, we gave Alex the honor of picking the beer for the night because he's our special guest, and he we made him buy it. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, uh, it was an honor. Um, you know, I, I've never had Schlitz before tonight, and um, it you know for me it takes me back because I remember being a kid and like seeing my dad's beer signs. My dad worked for like the beer. Uh, industry, like he was a, a truck driver for Coors. Okay. Um, so I, I remember seeing like golden lit signs that were like embossed and like with glass and like glass inlays and like the old Milwaukee like light up globes, like all these cool graphics and lettering. Um, it's just classic packaging when you look at it. It's just clean. It's like this, mm-hmm. like what color would you call that? Red. Is it? I mean, that's a, <laughs> it's a, standard red. It's a, I'm going like, to call it Deer's Blood just because I think oh, it deserves yeah. a better name. Deer's Blood with like gold trim and this like beautiful. Do you know what font that is? Is that a custom font? It's custom lettering and it's, uh, I, you know, let's just call it Beer Script because it's like the perfect <laughs> meaty. There's a, for there's a, a lot beer. of beer names that have like the swoosh underneath. Like mm-hmm. that's that seems like a pretty uh, Stroh's. It's reminiscent of Stroh's. Oh, kind of yeah. doesn't yep. Stroh's yeah. have yep. that totally. same sort of thing? Mm-hmm. Give me six Schlitzes. <laughs> so, <laughs> and also there was another good reason that you picked Schlitz for the night, right? Yeah. So uh, as you know, we're talking about Stranger Things and old horror. You know, VHS art, cover art, <clears throat> and in, in that, like, I started thinking about okay, these are 80s inspired or like, you know, early 90s. What kind of beer would you be drinking back then? And it it happened to be Schlitz. Like that's, I mean, like that was one of the, the main beers. Like you had that, like PBR, Stroh's, Old Milwaukee, Coors, Bud. Um, and that was like a big factor. So, I, you know. Basically like back before all these like uh, craft craft breweries and stuff like that is what you're saying. Absolutely. You know when beer tastes like beer? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Not like flowers and you know, unicorns. And, and that's, uh, we changed we changed up the script a little bit, and we've actually been drinking it already. We didn't crack them for the first time, and, and, and we're going to, you know, drink them and then tell. And I can tell you right now, like, this is, I, I don't. I don't think I had ever had a Schlitz before this. No, I mean, I, I don't know why. I haven't had right. a Schlitz in a very long time. And I, I was telling you guys this before we started. I, I half expected to crack a bottle mm-hmm. and it's like, this tastes like sawdust. Like, I just didn't expect it to taste great. I haven't you know, had one I forever. Got, it's it, so much better than I remember it. It's the same. Yeah, I had the same experience. I, I was kind of expecting like, oh, maybe this is like a a cheap, affordable novelty beer for people that can't afford better beer, like Black but, Label or something yeah, like that. Yeah, and like I, you know, apologies to Black Label. Yeah, well, no, actually enjoy Black uh, no, Label. No, I, I do like Black Label, but it's like I said uh, a few weeks ago. Like at the Pike Room, it's a dollar for a can of Black Label. Right. It's mm-hmm. cheap. It's affordable. Well, Utility and beer. Strohs is the same way. I hate original Strohs. I, I I said on the podcast. I think it tastes like 
dishwater. Like it's just gross to me. Like I sorry to Stroh's. <laughs> I'm but actually a Stroh's fan, so there, I like, there you go. Yeah. I like Stroh's Bohemian have you, Lager. Have you had the new Stroh's so yet? Good. No. Uh, I I've only I only know of one Stroh's. Oh, uh, we uh, and it's like the of the two dollar assortment so no, what about a month ago Stroh's yeah about a month ago we did a show actually uh well, it was our second episode because we were doing sequels Stroh's uh started um I think it was is it Atwater Brewery that's doing it no it's the Stroh's Brewery they reopened no I think it's actually no like, it's not Atwater it's under Atwater though uh, not that I ever heard I, th- I don't know so they started brewing Stroh's in Detroit again Al this and they're and they're and they're distributing it exclusively in Michigan. But it's this not regular really recipe. Cool. It's not regular recipe stroves. It's the Bohemian it's, it's lager bo- from a, way back in the day. Oh, it's a Bohemian Pilsner. Or Pilsner, I'm sorry. Yeah. So I, I've got to try it because I, I'm really digging the Schlitz, like normal beer. Like mm-hmm. I, you know, and this is like this. I feel like we're tasting history or something, and, and not right, like in right. an ironic. Like it's not called like suds that you picked up at like. Whole Foods or something like it's uh, it's like, like the fourteen dollars a beer suds from Whole Foods. No, no, like that stuff that you get at like Trader Joe's where it's literally just oh, it's like a white can with red letters that says light beer. But it's so good though, dude. Trader Joe's six packs. It's like two bucks for a six it's pack. Four dollars for a six pack, and it's amazing. But, but I I'm agree. Sorry, it's like, I can, it's like so with the history, good. it's like yeah. It, and even when, when we did the, when we did the Strohs, like tasting that original recipe kind of uh-huh. thing, it was like I just walked into like the Motown Museum for in my beer. <laughs> You know, like it, it's incredible. Well, uh, we we talked nice about slits. tasting the history, so like here's here's a little bit of backbone, like story behind Schlitz. Like, so it's uh, it's the beer that made Milwaukee famous. Um, and when they advertise the beer, it says, uh, "When you're out of Schlitz, you're you're out of beer." Um, so that's a pretty cool thing. <laughs> that's an amazing. Tag. This is uh, another little factoid. Uh, it's the largest beer producer, or it was the first largest beer producer in 1902. Um, and then, it's and then that somewhere, old? <clears throat> yeah, Holy it's crap. yeah, it's one of the the oldest, like largest beers. Um, and then in the fifties, they started battling with M- Anheuser Busch. Um, so you know, it's like your your run of the mill, like Stroh's, PBR, Coors, basic beer. Um, and then in eighty two, Stroh's got uh, bought out by or Stroh's bought out Schlitz in eighty two. Oh really? I didn't know that. And then Stroh's was sold to Paps to then relaunch slits and old milwaukee so so cool stuff so it's like this is good history to have yeah. because i i said that uh i i thought i i think i said in in the second episode the, anheuser-busch uh, got rid of Stroh's in 85 it was 82 you're saying yeah n- 1982 um but i didn't know who they sold to so that's that's cool to know a, a little added history to that and uh, Schlitz, what, what was it? I, I know a little bit of history on them. Where they formed it, was it established in like 1848 or 49 or something right around there? Was it? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah. I don't know, let me check. 40, 1849. Right, right. That's, yeah. seems about. I, <laughs> I wasn't reading it off the bottle or anything. You know, so. <laughs> Dude, that's awesome. Um, so uh, did you have more? Uh, so just another little uh, joke. And I, I, I can't take credit for this one this one goes out uh from greg Keeney. uh but he had a joke that like pbr stroh's and old milwaukee come from the same beer but just packaged differently which is actually funny because now it's owned by the same company <laughs> so it very well could be it's like that scene in the i, I think of the scene in the simpsons where they take a brewery tour <laughs> and and they're bottling three different kinds of beer, but it's just a it's a huge tube up on top with three smaller tubes coming down, and it's all <laughs> the same beer going into three different bottles. Right? Yeah. 
Nice. Um, so, uh, before we jump into the double tofu of the show, uh, let's uh, we're gonna power through some news and what we've been watching. We're gonna get I through wanna- it. We're going to get through it quick because we want to really be able to talk about these yes. things in, in I want, some light. I'd like to point out, though, that coming <clears throat> off of the heels of the last episode, yeah. where we had the longest list of corrections we've yeah. ever had this week, fucking nothing. Well, none that... <laughs> because none, we're smart. None that we could find. Yeah, my my I'm wife, sure I'm sure they're there. <laughs> my wife did take issue with a couple of the things that I said about Fight Club, but... Uh, um, I won't get into those. She we don't should, speak about Fight Club. She shouldn't have been talking about <laughs> yeah, Fight Club. Yeah, because we, <laughs> we don't speak about it. She did a she she wrote like a really long paper about it when she was uh, getting her psychology degree in, in college. So she's she knows that movie like front to back. So anytime I try and like challenge her on anything, I'm, I completely get shut down. So sorry, darling, I'm not going to correct myself. <laughs> uh, Mikey, why don't you tell us a little bit about the news? The news? Mm-hmm. What's new? What is new? <laughs> um, <clears throat> well, I not, not, just kind of a slow news week, in all fairness. You know, um, Ash vs. Evil Dead got picked up for season three already. Mm-hmm. Three episodes into season two. We're getting to season three. That excites the hell out of me. <laughs> um, there was, in the last episode, too, uh, there, the, the internet is blowing up. There's a scene from the last episode that is one of the craziest scenes ever and involves Bruce Campbell getting sucked up a human asshole. Oh. <laughs> oh, oh my. <laughs> I'm going to leave it at that. So if you're not watching the show, you should be because assholes. <laughs> because of assholes. <laughs> Thank you, Jay. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, moving right along. Uh, just, a, just a quick little tidbit here. The Friday the 13th game has been delayed until I, summer of 2017. I saw that coming. Uh, I saw that coming. Kind of a kind of a bummer, but the, uh, the problem is, is they an, is. they announce everything way too quickly these yeah. days. Mm-hmm. Like this, the, I guarantee you that this this um, this pushback is nothing out of the ordinary either. Yeah, you know, it's just, we know it, it happens with movies all the time. They announce it and yeah, goes by the wayside and yeah, right. That sucks. Uh, what else? What else you uh, got? I have more clown <clears throat> news. Oh. Michigan clown news. In, I, don't in if, I don't know if it's Michigan. No, I don't think it's Michigan. They did have some new clown Michigan news. Yeah, we'll we let Jay last. hit the new the new Michigan clown oh, news. Oh wow, now. okay. Why don't uh, Why don't you hit us with the Michigan stuff real quick? <laughs> sure. So yeah. we uh, so we've had some clowns pop it up here. We told you uh, last week about the one where the little boy may or may not have been cut by scratched by a knife scratched or something. Or yeah, cut by a knife uh, and some other things. There's, there's been a couple guys jumping out and chasing people with baseball bats and clown masks. Uh, recently in Detroit, there was a some guys are driving and videotaped on their phone a, I guess it would be phone taped on their phone, uh, a clown that was hanging on the back of a uh, yeah. public transportation bus. <laughs> I saw that. And he's just like, ah, i a clown. <laughs> These guys got to be careful because one of them is going to end up getting jumped. Yeah. And, and well, actually two guys the other day, I think what I heard was they had warrants out for their arrests and they were maybe intoxicated or something. I don't remember the exact story, but they were dressed as clowns going out to scare people mm-hmm. and they got arrested and they're going to jail. Yeah. Because it's like people are going to jail and paying tons of fines over this right. now because you're and, mass and I, hysteria maybe even for for like, oh yeah like I can go out wearing a a uh, Bart Simpson mask or dress as a gorilla and wear a gorilla mask and not go to get uh, you know arrested but I, I went to I went to pull out of my driveway the other day and I was like backing out and you know I I go to back out and I go to I, I look right first and then I look left and as soon as I looked left I shit you not I, I looked left and I go. <gasps> There was two kids riding toward me. One of them was wearing one of those masks that looks like a mirror. 
So it looked oh, like he had no right. face, but like a mirror. <laughs> and then the other kid was wearing a Michael Myers mask. But they were yeah. riding at me so fast, and it took me by such surprise that I, I gasped like you a used to be able scared to do that. little girl. You used to be able to do that as a clown, and you can't anymore. Yeah. Nope. Well, and I think there was another arrest, too. That, uh, you mentioned there was three women dressed as clowns who jumped out and chased some people with baseball bats. Okay, Those yeah. women got arrested oh, okay. as well. I didn't there was, know there were women. There was so. two of them. It was or two, it was, of, it was them, two of them, and the police just keep referring to them as the idiots. <laughs> uh, so, so what's this the speculation like i'm kind of uh, new to the clown talk here is is this like a campaign for the new it coming out no, or people, is this, people, people had originally thought that i don't i don't think that it is yeah okay. I, th- I think it's just i think it's one uh, one or a handful of people started doing it as a as a goof as a gag and then it just kind of the copycats. Yeah, it's it's, okay. it's like planking. You know, like one one idiot planked on top of a park bench one day, and then all of a sudden, because it was put up on Instagram or whatever, everybody in the world started planking Is for like six months. No, I'm gonna, go, like, I'm gonna go do it like right now. <laughs> well, here's the thing though: planking never led to murder. Oh, is this is this yep, a segue? It happened. Nope. Yeah, it happened. Uh-oh. My news thing: Eastern Pennsylvania, <laughs> a 16 year old was uh, stabbed to death. By a guy wearing a clown mask. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So all jokes, I think, are dead. Jokes oh god, are that was. Yeah, but yeah, no, yeah, the joke's over. Someone's someone's dead. Well, there's also there was also a couple of guys who were robbing stores and banks in clown masks. So it's yep. like so it's like no longer funny. It's over. It's not funny anymore. Stop it. You're an idiot well, if you do it. They had the uh, one uh, Halloween costume store in Detroit. He was pulling all of his clown masks off of his shelves. Good. Except for his super super like expensive high-end stuff because um, you, you can go out and kill people as long as you're going to pay me $295 for <laughs> yeah. a mask. I got to make my money. <laughs> well, he he just didn't want some kids buying, you know, the, the cheap old $20 clown mask and going out and getting killed and he would have that weight on his shoulders of yeah. saying I yeah. sold this to them. Yeah, for know? sure. That's that's a, and 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 it's it's such a ridiculous thing to have to worry about, but unfortunately, that's <clears throat> the crazy world that we live in right now, you know? Yep. Um uh it's so uh I I, I I'm, this is terrible of me, but I don't know if his uh, name is pronounced Vulik or Vulich. Okay. Uh, uh, FX artist uh, John. I'm gonna say John Vulich. Oh, I, I I'm, heard I'm about terrible this. with names. Uh, John Vulich dead at 55. He was. I heard about uh, that. Uh, he did effects on uh, Buffy, X Files, um, Phantom of the Opera, Day of the Dead, Troll, uh, Dolls, The Lost Boys. Which who just watched that recently? Uh, I, I did. You? Yeah. Lost Boys, uh, Fright Night 2. So, uh, pretty prolific uh, special effects makeup artist there. And he's uh, obviously gone way too soon at 55. Yeah. 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 Did they say how he died? Or? No, they didn't. Uh, which they usually don't, you know, mm-hmm. unless it's something that's. Yeah. It, it, usually, if it's like a surprise like this, it's they don't yeah, really talk yeah, about yeah. it. So, it's um, that's unfortunate. Yeah. But um, uh, what else you got? Um, so, do you guys know the band Child Bite? Yeah, from, yes. from Detroit. Yeah, I have so this they in my news just well, put out a new music video for uh, a song called "Vermin Mentality." Yep, starring Bill Mosley. None other than. Which I think is pretty fucking awesome. Yeah, because that's cool. Bill Mosley is well, Bill Mosley. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, uh huh. So Sean from Child Bite works uh, at the same place that I do. Oh really? Oh, at no Commonwealth kidding. McCann. Yeah, he's oh, cool. uh, an art director, and yeah, he's it's like 
Is he uh, the guy with the big? Away. Is Sean the guy with the big beard? He, or? he he does have a big beard. Yeah. <laughs> he used to work. He used to work at Progress of Design. I used to get T-shirts printed through there. And oh, I remember yeah. I walked into the shop one time. I'm like, Ah, it's you. <laughs> and yeah. Not really, not we, really as fanboy as that, but you know, well, we played I a couple. Him. We played a couple shows with them back in the day, didn't we? Ah, uh, we never did. No. Oh, who did then? What band was I in that played a show? Maybe did Search the City play a show with Child I, Bite once? I don't think we did. Um, I could be wrong though. Might have been. Teal. I have no idea. I, I, uh, I don't does, think I ever doesn't did, doesn't really I, matter. I think they came. Did they come out during the teal days? Uh, I don't know. I I, I think so. I, I yeah. Think so yeah. If they did. If they were, I wasn't aware of them yet. You weren't aware of anything. That's true. <laughs> uh, do you You're have any just more? strutting around with your lead singer walk. And do you have any more news? Uh, just um, <laughs> lead singer walk. Patented lead singer walk. Two David Cronenberg uh, movies, Dead Ringers and Rabid, are getting the are getting Scream Factory releases oh, with tons yes. and tons of special features and extra stuff. What? You know what else is getting Scream Factory releases? What? Poltergeist two and three. Oh, see if Collectors you would, see if you would have said poultry guys, then I would have. Uh, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> also, also, if I'm not mistaken, Exorcist Three is getting the Scream Factory uh, treatment, and uh, it's being released as the director's cut that has been long thought to never exist. Uh, and they found a copy of it and remastered it, and they're putting it out now. Really, super excited. Cool. Which and it's releasing October 25th, which means we can probably get our hands on it. Mm-hmm. For Halloween time. Yep. Well, we got to go see. I mean, I've seen the Exorcist movies, so I could do that and watch that and be completely fine. But we got to go. <laughs> we got to go get you to the theater yeah, so that yeah, you can see the Exorcist. Somebody hasn't seen the, the Exorcist. Time. Shut up. Movies um, that make. <laughs> uh, so. My my last little bit of news that I have, um, just to be done with it, is we keep talking about the unrated Evil Dead cut that's coming uh-huh. out at Halloween. Uh-huh. They're only releasing it. Digital only. Really? Womp womp. Oh, that's weird. <laughs> yeah, that's, whatever. But apparently when you download it, you're going to get the extras. So it's going to be like a big file that you download, I guess. Not really? just Yeah, I don't know. Okay. That's interesting. Mm. That bums me out. Cause you ever I, like, heard of something like that before? Um, Yeah, there's been... I, not... I, I, off the top of my head, I can't think of it, but I know I've heard of movies that are that get you know digital releases only. So yeah. you're lying right now is what you're saying. I'll find them. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like when you watch uh, Stranger Things and then want to own it on Blu-ray and then you realize that like that's never going to happen because it's on Netflix. Well, Do Netflix they, released mean, Netflix release is releasing Daredevil season 1. Yeah, so that's there's right. hope. Okay. Ooh, yeah, there is okay. hope. That's coming out very mm-hmm. soon here. I, I just saw something about it. I'm yeah. biting my tongue right now. <laughs> <laughs> he actually did. I, I feel like you have to get it. That was so yeah, big. No, would, yeah. Netflix would be stupid to not put oh, that out yeah, and make that would the be money. Off. Not that Netflix needs money. They they print money essentially. I, yeah, <laughs> I, and when it comes out, I want like the deluxe like gold wrapped like embossed like special inks in a tin can. It's going to come it's going to come in the skull. It. It's going to come in the skull of a demigorgon. <laughs> yes. Oh, <that'd> be awesome. <laughs> I bet you I bet you though there's a special edition that comes with a little demigorgon figure. Oh yeah, you, like the little uh, D&D figure yep. for sure. It'd be yep. rad. Um, I, that's all I got for the news. That's all let's, I got uh, too. let's hit what we've been watching real quick, and cool. then uh, and then we'll move on to our double tofu. Yes, sir. Should I start or? Yeah, go for it. All right, I got two that I want to talk about. One's gonna be real quick. I watched John Carpenter's Ghosts of Mars. Ooh. I'm gonna say real quick because goddamn that movie sucks. <laughs> oh, it's terrible. Oh no. Uh, John Carpenter <laughs> is responsible for some of the greatest movies ever made. Nah. And some of the worst. Yeah. I don't know what happened. I think he flipped a switch in his brain. 
Meringue. Meringue. <laughs> <laughs> just meringue. I don't Flipped know, yeah. a switch from I think. I think, honestly, they came to a point in his career where he just started making movies for money and just didn't give a shit. Is this because... why you guys were talking about this when I first got here? Yeah. Doing uh, stuff uh, for money? No, no, different topic, actually. No, completely oh, different topic. topic. Yeah. No, I mean, John Carpenter has even admitted to that. Like, well, he, he... I, he got to a point where he just, like, was phoning it in because yeah. he, he wanted the money, but he didn't give a shit about making movies anymore. Yeah. Which is why... Uh, he's out living it up, playing Maybe. his playing his music, oh. putting on an amazing show. We got to go I see John Carpenter at um, he did Masonic Temple. he did his like oh the God, night with John Carpenter so uh, cool. retrospect. Oh, dude, it was you would have so you would have probably loved it. Yeah, I was, was I was just thinking like that's funny because it's it's got like this comic vibe to it. Like the producers like Bialystok and, and Bloom like were producing like these like really crappy movies because they knew that they could make uh, a profit mm-hmm. off the the ticket sales uh-huh. so like <laughs> it's yep. you see that a lot in like horror like with like these like really low budget movie like and you gotta wonder like are they just turning these things out but like for john carpenter like uh, I, feel like, <laughs> I feel like in the case of these movies too though i feel like everybody else cared except for him yeah. you know what i'm saying like yeah. um yeah i don't know that it's, movie came out 15 years ago 2001. already? 2001. Wow. Yep. Yep. Yeah, so um, that's it. I, that's all I can say about it. It's not a great movie, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just have a, I have a couple things uh, to get through here real quick. I watched um, Dark Summer, which is Paul Solitz's yes. second movie. Another uh, one that we were supposed to watch and never You never went to did. see your next movie that you're going <laughs> to talk about without me, so eat a big fat one. Uh uh, he's, direct, talking, he's talking about dicks. Director Paul Solit, <laughs> uh, he directed uh, the movie Grace, and you might know him more famously as <laughs> Nicolo. Fucking Nicolo from Jack Chap. <laughs> <laughs> Love Jack Lannon's fucking hate Covino. <laughs> it's it's Halloween. You got trick or treaters up the ass. Your kids are running around like retards. You ain't got time to be carving a motherfucking pumpkin, kid. <laughs> Have you guys ever seen Jack Chop? No. <laughs> yes. it's, the, it's, it's the greatest shark <laughs> film of all time. So, uh, oh. Adam Adam Green's company, Aeriscope, they do this thing every year where they release a uh, a short. It's a Halloween short. A Halloween mm-hmm. short. And the, the, the deal is they have to do it uh, in one night, and it can't cost any money. So they, they basically, Paul Solit, who is this director and also hilarious dude, uh, they they basically did like a sham wow commercial, except for it was for pumpkin carving. <laughs> it just turned out amazing. Like he, every time he goes to do something, he, like he ends up like slicing his finger off or like stabbing himself in the eye. It's just, it's super funny. So... Uh, but Paul Solit directed this movie. Uh, it was written by Mike Lee, who... No, this was his follow-up to Grace, correct? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Uh, written by Mike Lee, who weirdly... Uh, like, all I could really find on him... I mean, he's done a few things, but it, most of all, he was Owen Wilson's assistant for, like, years. <laughs> That's oh, it. Owen. Oh, really? Oh, uh, yeah. Mm, oh, oh. <laughs> That's... Uh, it's, that's a pretty good job you do. You guys want to carry on from that part right now? 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, All right. <laughs> Dark Summer, uh, if, uh, the cast, uh, Kier Sorry, Go- Owen Wilson. Yeah, Kier, Kier Gilchrist, he is listening, you know. Uh, Kier Gilchrist, who was in It Follows. Um, Stella Maeve. Maestro Harrell, who was in uh, Bone Tomahawk, apparently. I couldn't, oh, really? Yeah, he, he was a character named Gizzard. I think it might have... great name. Well, I think it might have been one of the troglodytes, but I'm not entirely uh, sure. With a name like Gizzard. Yeah. It has to be troglodyte. Uh, Grace Phipps, who was in The Week and the Wicked, which was the awesome short that Paul Sollett directed for um, the Tales of Halloween oh, anthology. Yeah, yes, yes. That was probably the best short in the whole thing. It was a good one. It was one. like made out to be like a Western. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Peter Stormare, who was in Clown. Well, that we talked about a few weeks ago. Oh, the the main guy. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I, no, I, no, no, no. The old guy. The, the old guy. Yeah. Gotcha. Yep. Okay. I couldn't really tell in this movie in 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 uh, Dark Summer if he was supposed to have uh, an accent or not. It was like he was kind of coming in and out of it. I couldn't really hmm. tell. But basically, it's about this kid uh, who's on he's on house arrest because he stalked a girl online, and then just a bunch of crazy stuff ends up happening. Uh, I won't say too much more about it because you guys can go watch it for yourselves, but terrible reviews on everything that I could find, but people are stupid because like every time somebody watches a movie nowadays, they for some reason want to have like some sort of like profound, uh, because they can do it better. Yeah, exactly. That's that's why. Everybody wants to have like some (laughs) profound experience when they watch a movie. Like, just sit down and be entertained by a movie. And that's what I do. And so I I was entertained by this movie. I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I would recommend it to all of you. Nice. Uh, Go ahead, Mikey. Uh, I'm going to let Alex go. You have one you want to talk about, right? Uh, Say that again? You you have something you just watched you you want to talk about, right? Oh, yeah. Um, So, Stranger Things. No, no, no. Oh. It follows. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. <laughs> no, we can't get he into Stranger Things. Alex has been meow. chopping on the bit to get the Stranger Things <laughs> since he got here. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, man, it follows. Uh, it was uh, a great movie. Um, I, I don't know a, a whole lot about it other than uh, a lot of it was shot in Michigan, which is really cool. In yeah. Stern- Sterling Heights. Heights yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, so uh, that that was really cool, and it, it reminded me a lot of uh, Charles Burns. Um, he's a, a cartoonist that does like these really dark horror uh, cartoons, and, and he's been working like since the '80s. And his big thing is he's been working in black and white. Um, like he he doesn't add color to his cartoons, and it looks a lot like the old EC kind of like really heavy like dark imagery you know this is probably e- bad radio describing images but like uh, e- uh, ec ec was behind like the like the crypt keeper series and stuff like that right yeah so they they did uh tales from the crypt uh vault of horror stuff weird like that. Yeah, vault, yeah the vault of horror yeah. right? or vault keeper the the okay. witch and essentially the-, the comic books that created the comic code i wasn't it wasn't weren't those ones behind like them like raiding comics because they were like violent and dark and all that Oh, is that what? Maybe it, I'm wrong. I'm not sure. I thought it was, but yeah. Correct, uh, corrections yeah, cor- for next corrections week. Corrections for next week. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a big big enough comic buff to, to know like the ins and outs, but like it's uh, his style was distinctly like EC and horror. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had this book called Black Hole, and it's basically like teenagers that uh, have sex with each other, and then after they have sex, if uh, one of them is infected, then they like grow a tail or something or like something is wrong with them so like that like kind of like interaction from 
it follows gave that same like feeling of like if you have sex with someone that has it yeah. i don't know what that is exactly but like some Herpes. kind of like <laughs> mutation or whatever then like this strange creature follows you and I guess, tries to kill you. I guess we we talked about it last week as being like a like a sort of symbolic for um, like STDs, and STDs. Stuff, yeah. But I guess in a way the the way he just worded that, I guess in a way it could almost be like a um, symbolic of like a like a loss of innocence. Like once you once yeah. you like once you have sex, it's. If you want to look at it this way, it's like that loss of innocence and kind of like this dark, uh, like shameful thing that follows you around. Like if you're young and you're having sex, like people, like us kids in America, we're led to believe that sex is this terrible, horrible thing that you're not supposed to do. And so, you know, it's it's like this this thing that, that yeah, I I I just clicked to me like after he said that, like because when he was talking about them growing a tail. It's not like an STD. It's like something that sets you apart from everybody else. That makes you different. That makes you that is something that you might be ashamed of. You know what and I mean? If, and 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 when and if you have sex with somebody else, then they're sharing in that dark shadow, which right. means it's not it's no longer on you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the, wow. The Charles Burns book is kind of written like look at us figuring once shit you, out right here. Yeah. Once you have it, like once once it's in you, then like you might lose some friends over it. Like your friends might look at you and like in a different way and be like, okay, I, I'm, I'm not this person. I didn't know who this person was. And then often like, uh, those circles kind of circles of friends change. But, and but then, on the other hand, you have friends that are like, you got a fucking tail now. That's sweet. <laughs> yeah. Right, am I the only one here that's thinking that how awesome would it be if you would just look at somebody and know that they have something, if they have a tail, <laughs> it's like you're getting down with some chick like everything's all getting hot and heavy suddenly tail nope oh you got yeah. out of here i'm out of uh, here that's my front in, tail in the tail reference in that could that be you, you got some tail could that be his reference he was yeah. making for it like, yeah. like if, oh. if, if, if going on your same topic look at us we're just picking this stuff apart yeah. figuring it all out well holy schlitz that's interesting <laughs> holy shameless plug right there schlitz.com yeah check it out instagram and, and tweeting and all that stuff so did you did you Thanks, like schlitz. it though yeah, I I really did enjoy it. Um, and it, you know, we don't watch a whole lot of like super scary horror films, or um, and that movie freaked me out because like I watched it alone. Like Dana had went to bed, and like I was like alone. I like turned all the lights down, and then like we had this fire going. It was like right like when it started getting cold, so like the mood was just like perfect. Like the moon was out and like the fire was flickering and like, I was just watching like this weird movie about like teenagers having sex and then like some like being without like eyes and like shape shifting. And like, it was, it was, was the, pretty cool. That was the creepiest part about it is that it could literally be anything. Yeah. So, um, and the, the thing that like was, was really cool that I, I loved about it follows is the, the music yeah, um, the music was good, isn't it? Yeah, so uh, I, I I can't remember the, the guy's name. is uh, I think it's Jeff Freeland or, or Ryan Freeland. Um, <clears throat> but he he scored a lot of, uh, or I think all of the the music in it follows. And he 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 came from like a video game background. And like Mike, you might know this, like, but uh, he did Fez. Like oh, Fez okay. had yeah, yeah. like a, uh, a lot of following. Cool. Um, and it you know it kind of ties into that like 
people influenced by John Carpenter and yeah. like which is heavy synth making like, a comeback right which now is, too. Yeah, yeah, like it's there's a huge resurgence in like this kind of synth yeah. uh, synth pop sort of or the dark synth sort of stuff, which we'll get into pretty heavy yeah. when we start talking about Stranger Things. Um, uh, what did you? What uh, go ahead and talk about? Well, I go I, ahead and talk about it, Mike. I actually have a new movie <laughs> you to talk about. Saw it finally, finally, I saw a, a new movie. I saw Shin Godzilla. Uh, the new Toho made Godzilla flick. Gojira! <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Such a treat to see in a theater. Was it, was it oh, awesome? It was, and the funny thing is, uh, it was. <laughs> we, <laughs> lost we, Alex. we lost Alex. <laughs> um, Command Z, Command myself Z. And our buddy, uh, <laughs> myself and our buddy Rob went to go see it at. A theater that we've never been to before. A.K.A. Fat Chance. <laughs> Fat Chance. Uh, at a theater we've never been to before. And it turns out we went to go see it at the second-rate second theater. It was the second-showing theater playing a new movie, which I th- we thought was very strange. Oh, wow. Second-rate prices? Was, like the dollar show? It was four fifty to see a brand new movie, what which theater? I don't think anybody's paid four fifty for a movie. What <laughs> the dollar wow. show what was What theater did you go to? It was the uh, Cinemark 16. Uh, no, there's. I mean, the place before they tore it down at the Macomb Mall, yeah. it was literally the a dollar. Well, I, just, I didn't know the dollar theater. show nowadays was four fifty. No. I remember being like sixth grade and the dollar well, show was a dollar. Like, that's sweet. sweet. So, no, they kept, yeah, four fifty is something like in middle middle of the road. Like. Right, right, right. <laughs> it was it was cool though because we saw it in this old crappy theater. You know, nothing was updated. It was the old seats and everything. But it kind of reminded me of like this is the theater that you would have seen movies in the eighties. And so I'm watching this Toho made Japanese Godzilla movie in this old non everything kind of fit, you know. Like luckily the screen looked really good and the print was good because it was brand new. Um, but it was oh my, it was it was so awesome too. Like um, I don't even know where to start on it. The uh, it's first, like I said, it was the first uh, Toho Japanese movie in 12 years. Uh-huh. The last one was I believe uh, Final Wars uh, was was the last one. They used the original score from the original movie, not like re rescored or anything. Like it's the actual just, audio files and the actual really? sound effects from the first movie. So when you see Godzilla stomping around, it's those old like, like sound effects. Like the really ridiculous sounding because nineteen fifty four sound effects, yeah. and it was beautiful. That's awesome. Oh my god, it was so amazing. Um, the 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 I can't tell if it was a guy in a suit or if it was CG. They used a ton of CG in it. I, Which in this day and age, I get it. I gotta I imagine that they would have. I mean, if you're gonna keep true to anything, it would be that, right? If, if like they, maybe it was because I know it had kind of the lava effect, right? Yeah. Like the yeah. They, there's some really like maybe weird that was, effects in the movie though. Like maybe that was CG. Like they did the guy in the suit, but then it kind of added in post the lava. Without sort of thing. I didn't look into it too much. I probably should have before I talked about it, but. My suspicion is that they used a guy in a suit and then added CG on top of it. That's literally what I just yeah, said. Yeah, yeah, that's that's my suspicion. <laughs> but I don't know that because I've heard people talk about it, and some people think the whole thing is CG. Some people are stupid. Uh, and if it, and if that's the case, if the whole thing is CG, then it's it's some of the absolute best CG that I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And the kicker is, if it's CG, it's the only movie that I have ever seen where they use state of the art technology 
to recreate a guy in a rubber suit. Because it's still like, no, like seriously, like Godzilla comes in three forms in this one. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's like three phases of Godzilla, and the first two stages he has fucking googly eyes. I'm not kidding you. Like, like the old it's school old, guys. It's it's big white googly eyes. Like oh man. And like the and and phase one is like this baby like half Godzilla half slug thing that just kind of crawls through the city and it looks like a guy in a suit just going back and forth like, they put a lot of care in making it look shitty if it's all CG he's just wearing those like weird like tanning goggles That's it, I'm not kidding you it's what it looks like it's it's, ins- it's incredible um, The I think the highlight of the film is the first time he uses his breath because it goes from this like gas that comes out of his mouth, this really high pressured gas, and then it catches fire and like this big flamethrower, and then it hones into like this laser thing, and it's just fucking everywhere. Oh, it's great! Getting chills thinking about it. It's so good. Yeah, yes, yes. I've got to um, see it. It's, yeah. it's just so good. Did Rob the, like it too? Oh, I loved it. Yeah. yeah. The, I will say this: the one downfall is I don't think in. I haven't. I don't watch a lot of Japanese cinema, but if this movie is any indication, they don't shoot a lot of coverage, in in this movie and maybe other Japanese cinema. I'm not sure, but like there's almost none. Every time it cuts to a new location, it's like close-ups and someone talking, close-ups and so, and it's rapid fire. Like you don't get time to breathe, and there's so much dialogue to read because it's all subtitles. Oh, I was gonna. I was, that's and actually. I was gonna, it, it can I be was a gonna little ask, bit difficult to follow or? because there's just so much to take in, and there's and it, like I said, it's <laughs> rapid fire. There, it never gives you a chance to breathe. I'm surprised that they wouldn't have dubbed it because that's you know like the, I like prefer the, subtitled. Well, the old, but, but I mean like if you went mm-hmm. to the theater back in the day and saw one of the like the old Toho um Godzillas mm-hmm. you'd be getting the dubs. And I, but I think though I me mean, I don't know how you guys feel about it. I hate watching dubs. I think it takes away from it. I want to hear the Japanese actors act. Uh, there's a yeah. certain, you know like I, that's how I, I am at least. I I don't mind reading subtitles and, and and for some movies I actually like it, but there's there's some charm to <laughs> The bad dubbing. Well, I, mean, yeah. I don't know, like, if it, like, like watching, like, wa- watching old like Jackie Chan movies and stuff. I kind of like the cheesy, like, horrible dubbing. You know it's what like, I mean? Absolutely, yeah. If, if th- that's like definitely something they could get away with dubbing, mm-hmm. and there, there's actually a little more li- wiggle room there, right? With like syncing up the mouth with. It's like no, bad TV yeah. dubs. Like I think you were saying before, it's like, what the fruit is that? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> it's like, it's like that same like like kind of love quality for it. Yeah, I, I get that. I I still, if I'm gonna watch it though, I kind of want to watch the actors do their thing. Yeah, as sure. it was intended. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I get more a little more out of that as a yeah. as a cinephile, I guess. But no, I, yeah, I get that. Uh, um, l- last thing I have is uh, I just I watched the. Did you watch the new Aeroscope? Uh, I did. I did. Um, uh, I did. Halloween short. I did. What'd you think? Um, it's pretty funny. I thought it was a bit weak. It, it, I, I, there's definitely been better ones. Yeah, yeah. They. I wish that they could have superimposed. Um, for those who don't know what we're talking about, the the same Jack Chop. It's, it's short. called. It's called. Don't do it. Yeah, it's the same. We were talking about that Jack Chop. Jack Chop short Jack, earlier. Jack Chop. Uh, Jack it's, Chop. It's the same thing. It's it's this year's Every Scopes time. Halloween short. Right. And it's essentially it's about a guy who goes to carve a pumpkin and the pumpkin starts talking back to him and the pumpkin is voiced by Sid Haig. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wish they would have like superimposed his face on the pumpkin or something though. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. I kind of like the idea of just like a like a a pumpkin sitting there talking to him. I thought it was kind of funny. It was Sid Haig and uh, Chase Williamson from. Uh, from John dies at the end. It's a spicy meatball. 
Um, it's not, actually, not Sid Haig. It's actually a pumpkin. Uh, but yeah, there's there's not too much to say about that one. It was just kind of a fun little five-minute yeah, short. Sure. I didn't watch a bloody cut short this week because I figured this could be my, my short for the week. So I'll pick that back up next week. Um, and I think that pretty much wraps up the news and what we've been watching, right? Yes. All right, let's do it. All right, Alex. Let's do it. We're Jeff. one step closer to Stranger Things. Oh, we got to <laughs> talk about design first. <laughs> no! no! <laughs> well, uh, well, we can, we can segue Alex has stuff. to come here, and he so badly wants to talk about Stranger <laughs> Things, but instead we're going to talk about his livelihood. Yeah. We're, like we're, what he goes and does every day of his life. We're, we're going to run out of time before we, we hit that. No, no, we, no, got, we got it. We, can, we, got, we got We're good. We're good on time. All right. Uh, listen, I'm just going to, first of all, like we said, we're we're talking about sort of the, the heyday of uh, of cover art box, like VHS box cover art the stuff that you used to sift through in a, in a video store when you were a kid and posters you know you drive by the theater and see the new newest posters like this is the stuff we're talking about and I just want to uh, just start it off with a question what are some of the movie posters and and cover arts that had the the biggest effect on you when you were younger? Mine, I think one of the ones that always stuck out to me as a kid, and it's funny because at the time I didn't know what it was, and now I'm a fan of it, but uh, Lucio Fulci's Zombie. Yeah, it's a good one. And it's funny because it's just a picture. It's just, it's just from a, the neck a, up head. It's a screen cap from the movie, right? Yeah, it, it, there's really nothing to it. And that cover art, though, mesmerized me. I don't know why. I always look at the maggots crawling out of his eyeball. You guys know what I'm talking about, right? I, like, I do not. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking it up yeah, right now. Like, like I, I don't know what it... Every time I would pass it by, though, I was just fixated on it. Of this disgusting Italian zombie. Like, I, don't, I don't know what it was. But I just I just loved it. I was attracted to it every single time. Uh, and it's, 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 it's crazy how one photo can have such an impact on you, too. You know right, what I'm saying? Like, right. there's, it's not like it's a hand-drawn... It's not like it's a hand-drawn image... That has a bunch going on, and you that. can kind of like dissect it. It's just one image, and every time that I would pass it, I would have to stop and, and just the fixate on it. The funny thing is, like, I'm looking at it right now, and you can you can clearly see. Are the you talking about the neckline? You can clearly yeah. see the distinction <laughs> in the neckline. Like it's it's like makeup, 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 and then it's just like the actor's shoulders. Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> it's yeah. like it's not even really well done. I mean, the face. Is well done. There's maggots crawling out of the eyes, the, like mm-hmm. empty eye sockets, just decrepit, like nasty teeth. That's amazing. But then, just regular dude shoulders. Yeah. And like I said, I don't know what it was about it, but I would see it and I would just stop. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it was like the big bold red letter zombie. Like, I can, you know, like I can see that. It just drew me in. I don't know what it was about it. So, speaking of the letters, like uh, the the typeface used on zombie seems so comical or like. It's it's so bold, but like it's it's it, like in like an affable way. It's like, like it it's almost car- it's almost cartoony looking. It's like something you would see on like Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's uh, it, it doesn't it, seem to fit like the the material. Right, right. Which is it may it, it makes it unique and like uh, now I feel like there's there's not a lot of flavor or style in typography like that you see used in movie posters and. You know they'll use you know designers will will have their like go tos like their you know their futuras or their 
uh, like Gotham font, like there are like sans serifs that are like yeah. sacred fonts that they use or, or go to. And, and, and a lot of them are just stripped of style. And like, for me, like seeing like those, like, you know, zombie is so recognizable. Like it's, it's quirky and it, it might, you know, not be the best choice for that poster. But like when you, like I, I didn't recognize it at first by name, but like, you know, Jim pulled it up on his phone and like, like, the second I, you saw yeah. it, you're like, oh, I was like, I, yeah, that's like etched into my brain. Well, like it's, I, it's I've so, seen it before. It's so mm-hmm. striking too. Like there's a striking contrast between the the face of this. Na- like there's mostly like earth tones and like browns and beiges <laughs> on the on the on the <laughs> zombie's face, and then there's just these huge comical red letters at the bottom. Zombie. Yeah. You know, it's like it's it's a uh, it's. Is a pretty crazy contrast, and like you say, it just stands out. It's like you wouldn't really see that nowadays. People would almost look at that and think that it was, um, like it looked amateur in a way. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, what about uh, what about you, Jay? Do you have any cover art that like really stands out to you from when I, you were younger? I, I've been trying to put a name to this movie. I was actually <laughs> even just looking it up because I never actually went through and watched it. But there was the. Uh, I, it just slipped my mind, and I know I know what it is too. But the um, the old guy with the pitchfork and the wife standing in front of the old house or motel or American, uh, well, American Gothic. That's was, the painting. Was the right? painting right? Yeah. But there was a uh, was, was it was one it of the in, Children of the Corn movies? No. no, but there was a horror flick that had that too. Um, I can't think of. What, I feel like I know what you're talking about, but I can't place it myself either. Um, oh, oh, what was that, George? The George one I George. Um, <laughs> um, well, What's up, George? Yeah, while we're while we're thinking about that, I, I want to touch on something real quick though. You talked about typefaces and whatnot. Yeah. Do you have like I do I do our weekly illustrations and whatnot, graphic design, and so I use a lot of different you know type fonts and whatever. Do you get when you see a font out out when you're out and about looking at a sign and you pick it out and you're just like, yeah. damn it. That's the wrong font to use for that. <laughs> I do it all the time. <laughs> a- absolutely. Yeah, and it's it, type is a funny thing because you don't really have to know a lot about design to realize when something's wrong. Mm-hmm. Like uh you don't have to go to like, you know, design school or type type typography 101 or, or like take a class on it like if something like sticks out so bad uh it's it's noticeable like mm-hmm. and, and that's like one of the you know the subtle things uh, uh, like a designer has to learn is kerning and spacing type and learning that relationship between letter forms um and it, it's something that a lot of people struggle with and uh something i certainly like try to get better at um do you think it's the kind of thing from from a design standpoint do you think it's the kind of thing where some people just have an eye for it like it just clicks with them and other people it it will never make sense uh, having an eye for it is a interesting like way to put it because a, a lot of it is optical. Um, yeah, and I think that's an art form in itself, like learning how to use the eye and train the eye to see space. <clears throat> on on that you note, in, in relation to like horror movies and whatnot too, like if I see a a um, a poster or a cover art for a movie, and <clears throat> the the name of the movie is just like a basic font or whatever or or, or or something that I recognize. And it looks like there wasn't a whole lot of thought put into it. I'm out. Really? Like, I'm out. Cover art is a huge. Like I know they always say, don't judge a book by the cover, but it's a huge deal to me though because if you're not going to put the effort into your advertisement, what people see before they see the movie, if you're not going to put the effort into making that look amazing and reflect your movie, 
then what does that say about the product that you're putting out? I think this is this is why artwork to I, me is uh, so important. But, but by know? that, I want to back up just a little bit because you said something inter- interesting that like caught my attention. But uh, the the phrase like "don't judge a book by its cover" is like something that like as as like human beings like you're taught in school to like not be judgmental. But like I don't I don't see that as like uh, a bad thing when looking at design uh, in like an objective way. Like that's just human nature to dissect something and like seeing that as a designer isn't that kind of your job is to like get people to to judge a book by its cover like like you're like a, a movie poster or cover art y- your job as a designer is to give a person one image and make them want to see that movie based on that one image. Yeah, it's like you see and go, I need to see that movie. Like Absolutely. Every, like how many movies have you how, how many movies have you rented or bought just because oh, the cover so art was many. amazing? So and like it, so really like <clears throat> you, you don't judge a book by its cover when it comes to like meeting new people and stuff, but when it comes to entertainment, it's exactly what you're supposed to do. And there's a lot of movies that have mm-hmm. amazing covers and amazing posters and they're pure shit. <laughs> and whoever designed it better have gotten paid a lot of money <laughs> to make like to, to force people to want to see it. One of the one of the movies that comes to comes to mind when you're talking about ones that stuck out to you in the mm-hmm. movie store is right. a parody movie that I've never even seen. Never seen this movie yet. Whenever I think about this, it's the first one. It's a parody movie called Silence of the Hams. <laughs> <laughs> you guys know what I'm talking about? Have you ever heard of this? No. I, I know it's like it's right up your alley, it's, though. It's, it's a picture of, of a, like, this like, sort of overweight actor, and his cheeks are all puffy, and there's a butterfly that's on his nose, and he's looking at it cross-eyed. Oh, like, I have seen that and before, it's, and it's yeah. Just, it's so humorous, and it's so yeah. provoking. Like I, It just stuck. I've never seen it. Never rented it. But that cover art stuck with me because... <laughs> Because it's funny, it struck a chord though. Like, it made me laugh. Can so I, I thought about it? That's, can I, that's how important that is though. If you can do that, that guy's a, a genius. Like whoever did that. Chip, I, Chip Kid is like one of my heroes. He uh, he's a book designer, and one of one of his claims to fames uh, was doing the the cover art for Jurassic Park. Oh, okay. nice. like the logo, like the yeah. Okay. The, uh, and he he's done like case studies on it. But um, you know I, I you know I nerded out on his stuff. Like I have his books at home. Like. Uh, so I, I, I watch his talks and stuff. He, he's so cool. Like, um, and for me, like Jurassic park was like, definitely like a major blockbuster, like summer popcorn movie. Like oh, yeah. I looked forward to it and I saw it in the theaters and it was a big event in my life. Like I was like probably eight or nine when it came out. It still is. If it comes on TV, it's still a big event. I'm like fucking Jurassic park. Yes! Yeah. Like I, I'm still, I still love I'll it. Like it I, yep. yeah, yep. I, I follow the franchise. Like Jurassic World is was great. Oh, don't get me started on Jurassic World. <laughs> Love um, that movie so much. <laughs> so yeah, like the, I mean, like I, I wonder, like you know, there's so many probably shitty dinosaur books out there circulating like the shelves, and like which ones are actually good and never got picked up because the you know the book cover wasn't good enough to attract the 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 person walking by the shelf or you know shopping through like image thumbnails on Amazon Prime um, to like put that in their cart yeah or respectively well, like, digital card or whatever so striking too though it's like what three colors and it just yeah it, it yeah. cuts out of that black page right at you and you're like that mm-hmm. I, I don't know why <laughs> but that like and, yeah. yeah and that's 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 good artistry on a quick topic with that i always love the uh theme music 
like the opening title. So um, good. And actually, c- courtesy of Andrew Panessa, uh, when we were doing some a project together uh, with him doing some orchestrating, he was talking about John Williams and how when he writes his music, and I wish this joke was original to myself, but it, but it's definitely to him that when he writes his music for his movies, he just says the name of the movie in a certain way, and that's how he writes the music. So that's he how was John Williams going, says it. Jurassic Park, Jurassic Park, Jurassic Park, Jurassic. Like <laughs> that's Andrew's theory on it anyway. Oh my god! And I was like, that's, that's a, and that's it's, it's, it's so funny that Andy Panessa, also a member of Search the City, by the way. We yep. uh, that sounds exactly like something Andy would say. That's and, amazing. And, and if you look at some of John Williams' other movies, work that he did on movies, you you can cue it up right with the stuff. So it's funny. <laughs> um, uh, jumping back onto the topic of like uh, 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 movie posters that s- stuck out to us when we were younger, this one is this one's really weird. It's not a horror movie, but I thought that it was when I was younger because I was uh, I, I think I've said on the show before I was a huge fan of the uh, scary stories books uh-huh. with the Stephen Gamble illustrations. Oh yeah, when I saw the cover of Empire of the Sun which is definitely not a horror movie I thought well let me just explain to you what I thought this was I, I, I didn't I didn't really like take in the whole thing and I didn't know that the Japanese flag was just a big red circle at the time I was just a little kid so when I saw the cover art for this I thought it was a giant like Freddy Krueger style talon coming out of the sky but illustrated in a Stephen Gamble style way like Look at that. No, that's I can ex- see it. I that's see what it. I thought it was. So I thought this was a horror movie when I was younger. Right. Because I knew of the, you know, like there's the, uh, which which uh, which nightmare movie is it where like his he's reaching out? Is it uh, the new nightmare? No, no, no. It was one of the earlier Dream Warriors, maybe. No, Dream Warriors. He's actually holding them in his hand, right? It was it was the one where uh, I, is he doing like a puppet type thing with one of them? Um, on one of the covers where like he's his claws are like reaching out from the sky and the kids are dangling. Oh, from the... Dream Warriors! Yes, it's Dream Warriors, and it's, it's his eyes are real big and it's like it's like e- down e- in front of his face. Yeah, yeah, maybe. yeah. It's Dream so, Warriors. So I saw that and like mm-hmm. for some for some reason I like related the two, and so and and being that I was such a huge fan of the Stephen Gamble style artwork back then, I saw the Empire of the Sun. It's it's a it's 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 an explosion in the sky. For those of you who don't know, it's a great it's, band by the way too. <laughs> explosions <laughs> in the sky. It's an explosion. It's basically like a, a fighter pilot who was struck by a, a missile or whatever. There's an explosion and then the trail of smoke leading down to Christian Bale's character who is like uh, jumping on a hill with a toy airplane. I completely missed the fact that Christian Bale was sitting down. I knew that he was down there, but I thought it was a giant claw reaching out of the sky at this kid. And then I grew up and I realized what it actually was. Is Christian Bale the kid? Yeah, he's just that was one of his first movies. Oh, wow, he was I like ten, uh, like twelve years old or something. He, he looked and go, "It's an airplane! It's a, where is it?" Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm really loving this story because like that that artwork, like I I remember seeing that like in you know blockbuster video or whatever like passing that being like oh that's Mm -hmm. like it's visually visually striking yeah it grabs your attention exactly that's the best way to put it is it's 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 striking um on to to say one that actually has to do with horror movies was it uh, uh like one that affected me when i was younger was it child's play 2 
the one in the box? The jack in the box. Oh, yeah. When my mom drove me through town, because to get to my dad's place of work, we had to drive past the movie theater, the one and only movie theater in, in Bad X. And when I saw Chucky with the scissors... Oh man! Uh, leaning over the jack and box, jack in the Sorry, box. Sorry, Jack. <laughs> Chucky's back. <laughs> about to, oh no! About to chop his head off. That that poster just completely it, messed me up when I was a little that, kid. Yeah, I had the same thing. I I was so scared of Chucky, and you know I I did watch it, and it was a bad move because <laughs> my little buddy like looked exactly like yeah, if yeah. we're you know we're old enough to like we're we should probably explain this, but like my little buddy was a doll. Uh, that was like really popular. I don't know why, but it was yeah. It was my buddy and me. It was this like life size doll. I never had one, uh, and it looked exactly like Chucky. Chorus up in here, <laughs> and you know I'm, I'm sure as they were you know uh, they were doing like set designs or like you know designs for Chucky, they probably had that in mind. And oh, like, absolutely. Oh, let's make it very yeah. relatable. Don't like, freak out the parents yeah, of the kids well, that had all these They're, like, they're mm-hmm. like, kids love this. Let's make these little kids sorry that they ever bought one of these And that's things. really what makes things scary, too. Like, like spiders. Like, if the, if spiders were made to be this biz- Disney fancy thing, like, Charlotte's love spiders. Web. Yeah, sure. If they, if they did bunnies as, like, little bunny rabbits is the scary thing. Right. That would have freaked people. Oh, my God, it's a rabbit <laughs> <laughs> well, the, like, friend, the, friend, the Easter the Easter Bunny from Bill and Ted's Bogus uh, Journey scared the shit out of me when I was younger. What about, what about the Easter Bunny from Holidays? Uh, from Holidays. Oh, true. No. That was weird. <laughs> um, we, it's funny. I, I now as an adult, thirty years old, mm-hmm. at the end at the end of my bedroom, I have a life size Chucky doll. Yeah, with a knife cutting oh. off cutting off a head. And that's just like, and that's just <laughs> like a cool chill, fun yeah. thing. And Mike to watch have in your by room. going, my buddy, my buddy. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I've got this like memory of be, you know being like I don't know maybe nine or ten or something. Like I was I was younger, like and I had just seen like the first maybe it was the first or second Chucky. I, I can't remember. Uh, but I was over at my my buddy's house, Brian Sitka. And he had a my buddy in the window, and it was like a sleepover, and there was a like a, a thunderstorm outside, so I couldn't fall asleep because I kept seeing lightning flashes and this scary image of this Chucky in the window that like it still haunts me to this day. Like that's awesome. Well, it's like a, that's like a, that's that's straight out of a horror movie, though. You know, like yeah. every time the lightning flashes, the, the doll is a little uh-huh. bit closer to you, oh. a little bit closer. To yeah, you, and then mm. suddenly it's stabbing you in the fucking head. It was scary. It freaked me out. I, I'm sure I got no sleep that night. Yep. yep. Um, we you brought up the the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. Yes, I did. And uh, we're speaking of the you know, cover art and all that stuff. Right. The Nightmare movies, the original VHS releases of those movies put out by media, mm-hmm. have one through five, I believe, or one through four, one through four or one through five, I forget. Uh, they all have the beautiful hand-drawn covers. Yeah, of, so cool. And right. they are they are some of the best examples of like of early to late 80s horror movie cover art. Those old school hand drawn, creepy but beautiful cover arts. Like Love I bought it. them on tape. I mean, I buy lots of stuff on tape still, but I bought those specifically to frame one day and use as as wall art. Just because you still I, buy VHS tapes. Oh, all the time. No kidding. All okay. the time. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 
I'm a nerd. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it's cool. But, but they're gorgeous, though. They really are, and there's so yeah. much. Another one that pops out to me as far as poster art, uh, <clears throat> I, th- I think they might have reused it for the VHS, too, uh-huh. uh, but the original Friday the 13th poster art, you have the silhouette of Jason, and inside the silhouette is this this beautiful at night drawing of the camp and like that was and it's I was such yeah. a gorgeous I was, picture. I was gonna ask I was gonna ask later like what are some of your like favorite all time cover that's art choices? Absolutely that's absolutely one, one of mine. Yeah, it's, it's just it's just Amazing. a gorgeous piece of art. It really, it really is. is. Yeah, but but also <laughs> but also like so sinister at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like there's the because it's a silhouette and you have like the starry night and the kids kind of like hiking through the woods, but then this like omnipresent. Uh, silhouette of the killer mm-hmm. who at that point you know wasn't Jason and then the knife uh, which is not silhouetted it's like an actual physical knife dripping yep. blood down onto yep. the 13th yep. of the Friday the 13th it's so it's, good it's, it's such a good pe- good piece of art yeah you know I just saw some fan art on Dribble. Uh, Dribble is kind of like Twitter for designers um, and uh, it was kind of like a reimagining of the Friday the 13th and they did like a silhouette of the knife um and in the knife you could see like pine trees of like a campsite and it was done in like a very like modern flat like illustration mm-hmm. style and i thought like man that's that's pretty cool and then i i went back and looked at the original art and like i don't you know i don't know what to make of it but i i think it's really cool that like fans are kind of like reimagining art mm-hmm. um and then like another trend that i'm seeing is like looking at like new movies uh and then like reimagining what that's that's it yeah camp that's it. blood oh that's cool um, well this who's, who's finish, the designer finish your thought because like, that brings me to some, something uh, else uh where would i see oh ryan brinken brinkerhoff yeah uh hats off hats off to that designer um for doing some cool reimagining and like down, down here it's like a it's got like the wave effect like a drop of blood just dropped into the Right. into the pool yeah like uh, that's really cool again i feel really bad that we're like describing visuals so like if <laughs> well, uh, I, go, uh, go on google uh, ryan mike, well mike puts all this stuff up on tumblr so everything we talk about goes on tumblr so people right. can follow along cool. when they're listening yeah so check out the show notes the for sure i did it today for the last episode <laughs> but you love it oh <laughs> <laughs> um well this brings up this brings up a good point and it's a question that i know that you would want to talk about tonight is that there seems to be a resurgence right now of this old school hand-drawn art for a lot of movies and you have companies mm-hmm. like scream factory uh who is a, a blu-ray company that re-releases these old movies and what they do is they commission artists to redraw new cover art for these old movies and they're so awesome and they're so good and they're so striking yeah are, are you familiar with them at all like have you heard of uh, no this company? the the name uh isn't familiar but the the act of uh returning to classic illustrated mm-hmm cover art is like that's that's really cool to see mm-hmm. like um, even uh, even like best buy for their steel books that they put out they'll have guys do that or they have like uh versions of their movies with like little cardboard sleeves that just yeah. have like new artwork for it. it seems to be a new trend right now um and, and it's so awesome to see like i will forever like, like old school vhs days i will go because i still buy physical media because i believe the artwork and everything it's a, it's a part of the package it's a part Absolutely. of the movie or, or even the record. I still buy CDs and vinyl because that artwork that the the people put a lot of time and effort into, it's a part of what you're getting. It, it, it all, it's a, it's a package deal, you know? 
Yeah, like uh, like VHS is is interesting to, to think about because like as a medium, like the the, the tapes degrading, uh, but the packaging is is so cool to look at because that was like, um, it was, you know the computers were out uh, in the eighties and, and like late seventies, uh, but you know when the the advent of the computer like when it got picked up like at a mass massive like public level. Um, I feel like we saw like uh, a degradation of of craft in like design and, and typography and, and cover art or, or what have you like anything artistic. Well, when you music, see music like what, uh, what is this? No, nothing. when you see Move every movie coming out though, and it's just five teenagers standing in a V formation <laughs> and then a title over the top, and it's the same thing for every single horror movie that comes out. Well, here's here's what, the thing. What happened is, to the creativity? Well, what, what the, happened? The to... thing is, they found out because they found out that people you have to you have to appeal to. Uh, I hate to say this, but kind of the lowest common denominator, and that means you have to show your stars, and and they found out that that was successful. But like you can you, do that you by show your stars, them. but <laughs> and it's so much better. <laughs> I, well, I agree with you, but that also costs more money. Rather it than is. having a guy like just do it on on uh, on Photoshop, it it costs way more money than to have somebody actually like illustrate something. But and I I think it was actually uh, I want to say it was this kind of resurgence in uh, in illustration. I I think I read that it kind of came about with with Black Swan. I don't think Black Swan had a. They did. They had teaser posters. Not not their full on like. Wait, that's what the cutout was like yes. a cutout of a swan. Yeah, okay. they had teaser posters okay. that were illustrations, and people loved it. And 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 that was a huge risk for for the companies to like to to try this like abstract sort of uh, you know cutout illustration. It's very simplistic. It was a without very showing simplistic like approach. it didn't mm-hmm. show Natalie Portman, and people were freaked out about their. Oh, how, how are people going to know this? this? Na- What's this movie starring a fucking swan? Well, no, I, I mean like the like I, I mean like the executives are like, well, people aren't going to come see this movie because they don't know that Natalie Portman's in it, and yeah. it's like, well, fuck you. If people see like people aren't as dumb as you think they are, like they don't need to see your star to be intrigued by the movie. And if you think that like I because there was a time. Back in the day where you didn't have to show the star of the movie on the cover and people went and saw movies. People went and saw movies in larger numbers than they do nowadays. Oh, yeah. So, so maybe getting back to that is, is the way to go. Like, It also costs like $500 cheaper than it does today to go see a movie. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Uh, so not to ramble, um, but that's no, just, well, yeah. Well, you know who you're talking about showing the stars on, on your art or whatever? You can have both, like I mentioned, if you do hand drawing. One one thing that did that extremely well is Stranger Things. <laughs> do you want to transition into it right now? <laughs> Segway! 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 <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's nice. It's three-tiered. I like that. <laughs> Uh, I need to go take a research break, so start Okay. This. okay. Um, so, uh, well, why don't you jump into it, Al? Because okay. you're... Uh, so, for those, uh, for those that haven't seen it and inter- interested, um, Stranger Things is a series starring kids. Uh, it's made to feel like an 80s movie series, or like blockbuster. We talked about like a, you know summer popcorn blockbuster that the Duffer brothers had um, envisioned for this. 
Well, like uh, uh, I mean, give some examples like uh, like Goonies, uh, Goonies, E.T., Stand by Me. Um, and what's interesting about this is it's a, a show starring kids, but it's written for adults, um, and it's it's not only like uh, you know starring kids, but it's it's freaky, it's scary, it's um, it is. There were some borderline. pretty good like tense moments in it. For sure. Yeah, so like I've heard like, you know, Poltergeist or Aliens were like big influences for the Duffer Brothers. Well, tons of Stephen King stuff too. Uh, and and they actually, I, I think we mentioned this before, the Duffer Brothers were, they they went in and, you know, put a bid in to be the directors of the new It movie. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, you didn't know that? No, that's, that's cool though. Well, they got turned down because they weren't established enough. Okay. So, uh, kind of in response to that, they went and they made Stranger Things, which if you watch Stranger Things, it is, uh, at least for me personally, and I know Mike agrees uh, once he's back from his research break, I think he would agree with me, but like, Stranger Things is everything that you could want in in an It remake. Because I think if you're going to remake, it, you know the, you've seen It, I'm assuming. I, I've seen It, and at a young age, uh, where It creep that out of me <laughs> yeah <laughs> but i i think there's i think there's like a i think there's an important an important aesthetic that should be maintained in the movie it and i think that the duffer brothers have a, a hold on that aesthetic which is that kind of 80s throwback feel and uh the fact that they got passed up maybe they you know maybe they didn't have anything to show for themselves but they went and they showed what they could do and what they showed is basically like a big F you to the studio. Like we could have taken it and made it into exactly what it needs to be. Yeah. And you know, that's funny because you, you mentioned like that they networks passed on like picking up them at, or like the, uh, studio passed on them as, uh, directors to work on it um, and I, I read that like 15 to 20 networks passed on Stranger Things. Really? Yeah. So Duffer Brothers got their start in like Hidden and Wayward Pines. Um, oh, they then, directed Wayward Pines, like some of the episodes? Yeah. So I didn't know that. As they were like pitching uh, Stranger Things, they, they <clears> got <throat> some feedback and like, um, I, th- I think like in an article for like Rolling Stone, they mentioned like, uh, they got the feedback during the, the pitches that, like, you've got to make make it into a kid show or make it about this Hop, Hopper character. Hopper was, like, the Stranger Things detective. Um, Jim Hopper. Yeah, investigating paranormal activity around town. So, like... Uh, so they, they told them you should make it, like, you should make Hopper, like, the... Like, the... Uh, the, they, the center of the show? Yeah, and it, it sounds a lot like... Uh, kind of like the premises of like any other like sci-fi like show. x-files or something like that yeah like they wanted I, to mainstream it yeah that's right, essentially totally. what it is they didn't believe <clears throat> that the the idea that, that as it stood would work well they didn't they didn't like the idea of like a a, 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 a the show being revolved around a children a, a children's cast like a cast of children right and then like one of the duffer brothers is like well if we if we do that we like we take away everything in interesting about this show like um so they they knew enough to like stick to their guns but they got passed on so much that like they really just re- reached this spot that 
like Matt Duffer was quoted for saying like um, there was like this week that we were like this isn't going to work because people don't get it um, and that's after seeing the show and it, it's so good if you <laughs> haven't seen it like stop what you're doing now and and turn on Netflix and and start watching it and then in 14 hours come back and finish this <laughs> All right not yeah. even it'll take you 8 hours eight go hours. binge it and yep. then come back and listen to the rest of this episode well, this is this happens to a lot though and the, the unfortunate thing is though is from a business standpoint i get why these things get passed on i really do if you're putting hundreds of thousands millions of dollars into a project you need to be able to see that this is going to work I, and from a business standpoint i get that there hasn't been anything like this in a very long time you know the the the, the days of the 80s little kid type sci-fi movies that that day had passed nobody knew that was going to work again he, so i get it but it sucks but with a there's such a huge uh there's such a huge horror community nowadays yeah and i mean we're we're part of it and we're fueled by nostalgia that's what we love when we watch a movie like when we when we watch movies when we watch shows like the stuff that draws us in uh nowadays is the same stuff that drew us in as children Mm -hmm. and 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 i think that they harness that and but you know like you said not everybody got it or like you said not everybody not everybody really understood it right and the the shitty thing is nine times out of ten the people who you're pitching it to know nothing about the about yeah. the uh, about the genre about the type of product that you're trying to create which is uh, i see as a huge problem because y- you get you get projects like this that get passed up time and time again that could be amazing that could actually be huge money makers for the studios which is what they want anyway but they pass it up because they think that there's they think that things need to be uh, created in this like set template, which is uh, you know I, not to get off topic. I, yeah, not yeah, to get I'm off sorry, topic on ahead. studios or whatever. But think of it this way, though: if the studios had a uh, hundred million dollars, right, to spend in any given year, and they spent ninety million on projects that they just thought were cool with no market background, they'd be out of business in a year. But with stuff you know like saying? this, there is a market background. This is the stuff that worked in the 80s. Yeah, 30, 40 years ago. Well, uh, but that, that, that's in business. I mean, that's that's a long time to but just like assume I, that something is going to work. Again. But like I just said, like, I'm, not, I'm not on the like I just side. said, I'm if they, devil's like I just but. said, if they did a little research about our generation and realized that we are fueled by nostalgia, our generation's a tiny sliver of the people that go see these things, though. Yeah. You know, like, like just because we're in it, we see it more, but we're just we're. I think there's, tiny sliver you know, of the population. there's probably some truth to, to both sides there. Um, and I, I'm really glad that Netflix saw some value in it. And um, I think, uh, you know, Netflix is, you know, they're definitely like a progressive company that has a lot of user research um, and a lot of data on like what people are watching. And, and for, well, they have, they the, have a they lot ha- of money too, though. They well, can afford to take risks. They also have the advantage mm-hmm. of instant feedback. Yep. Every time somebody, every time somebody with a user profile watches something, that feed that data that data goes right to Netflix yep. right away. So they have a lot of it's it's just it's like consistent user feedback. So yeah. they know what works, they know what doesn't. It's like I mean, the people have been saying this is the future of cinema, and yeah. it's absolutely true. 
Yeah, <laughs> if, if you've got like some some new directors coming uh, and pitching a show that like, hey, we want to do this thing that's kind of like Stephen King meets Steven Spielberg. Uh, and like, you know, net, in the Netflix big wig and it, like, they might be thinking like, okay, we know that like, uh, so many thousand people like streamed ET last night or like they, yeah, they've got yeah. like numbers to back up to like, is this going to work? Are people going to watch something in this genre? Um, so that, that's kind of cool that they, they would have like that kind of like database and, and know how to like, to, to know that, like if. If you're just like looking at like movie ticket sales, like you don't know if people enjoyed it and watched the entire thing or if they like walked out of the theater or yeah, like if right. someone, one of their friends, like if you're streaming something, it's like kind of like a, a, a mindful thing that you're, you're picking to watch something and like you're committing to it, you know? Yeah. And I, I would, you know, I would, I would, I would bet that, you know, Netflix has the ability to watch, like if someone opts out after like 10 minutes. Yeah. Right. Um, and Same that goes into like some kind of like database and like. Mm-hmm. They, they do a lot of user study and like how that plays into like picking up new shows and like developing new shows for. Yeah. And Amazon is the same way. They're doing original programming now too. And they have the same thing. They know what people are watching. They, they have that feedback. And actually I would say proof of the fact that they know how far into programs people are getting is, uh, we've bought, we've bought VOD movies on Amazon before. And we've had problems with like my, you know, my internet connection or whatever, where it would stop, stop and buffer. Mm-hmm. And I'll get an email like two days later and they'll say, we're so sorry that you had a, a, a bad experience watching this movie and they'll give me my money back. So Whoa, they, they cool. knew that it was stopping to buffer. You know what I mean? So they, I, I think they absolutely do know. That's interesting. Uh, like that how like, far into. Yeah. Like it's, it's crazy. Cause they're like, they're taking a loss on that. I wonder if they have like some kind of like side deal with internet providers. Like if, you know, Comcast, Amazon, or like, you know, if they get some kind of kickback for those, those types of deals. Wouldn't like, shock me. That wouldn't shock me at all. Or if, or if they just count on the fact that there's so few people that have internet that's as shitty as mine. <laughs> <laughs> they can just throw out a few bucks here and there. Well, he's streaming at 30 megs a second. Nobody has 30 megs. That that must be us. That must be our problem. Let's uh, let's uh, let's move along. Let's talk about the cast of Stranger Things for a minute. Um. <clears throat> this cast, and how absolutely amazing this they cast are. is unbelievable like i can't believe like the the whoever the casting directors were just hats off what? i'm not gonna i'm not gonna take my hat off because it's being held on by my headphones right now <laughs> but, but hats off like i i want to say first yeah. and foremost winona ryder yes holy shit the decision she amazing put, in this or what the decision to put her in the show i think is one of the smartest things that they did because she as a singular person taps into everything they're trying to do exactly yeah everything. oh yeah absolutely she's got that she's i mean she you know she was she was huge in the 80s uh first first and foremost she was uh kind of part of the uh like the I, I don't know if you would really call it horror, but you know, like she was in Beetlejuice. Yeah, uh, Beetlejuice. She's part of that like a cult pop. classic. Like, yeah, exactly. She's part of that culture, like that mm-hmm. horror, like the cult classic culture. That's a hard thing to say. Cult classic culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, she was she was incredible in this. I I went into it not knowing what to expect from her. Just blew me away. I thought yeah. she was amazing. <clears throat> and they they. They cast her in such a like a a great position as like the mom 
uh, that's concerned for her son that that's missing. Mm-hmm. Um, like that. And, and you can like feel the, like the tension and like her, her performance is incredible. Like she was very authentic, real. And like, like she, she breaks down to the point where you would actually imagine yourself breaking. Yeah. Like yeah. everybody around town thinks she's insane, but it's just because she loves her kids so much. And she knows that, there's still some hope, you know? Yeah. So, so I was talking to someone at work about this and, and they like, they were off put about how crazy she went and they felt like they went too far off in the deep end. But I couldn't disagree more. Does this, like, I, I does, like it, does that person have children? No. Yeah. And I think, yeah. I think that's it right yep. there. Okay. I mean, not, not to say that you have to have children to understand it, but it definitely helps. Like me yeah. having kids, I know how completely out of my mind I would go, uh, trying to help my children in any way if they were in some sort of distress. You know I know I mean? how completely out of his mind he goes when he can't find his wallet. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Which let happens al- daily. Let alone his kid. Mm. <laughs> Uh, so let's let's talk about uh, the the kids. Scott Scott Clark. I want to I want to s- skip right to the science science teacher uh, because he was he was <laughs> oh, okay. probably my my second favorite. Uh, this this guy uh, was an advocate of you know like helping the kids uh, better their their brains. You know yeah. like just like pushing them uh, and giving them the, t- the tools to like tinker around around with like radios and uh like just really get into the science of well i like the fact that he was an advocate uh for what they were into like you see so many kids that are kind of like those kids who are ashamed sort of 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 being into what they're into like we're into D and we're into ham radios and stuff so many kids are like afraid to be uh, themselves because that you know like what they're into might not be cool and he was just like telling them like just keep on the path you're on because because it is cool and it might not seem like it right now but it, you know what I mean yeah he was totally. like the embodiment of positive reinforcement yeah for the kids is yeah what it was. even down to the point where he talked to them instead of getting laid Oh, he point. did. Yeah, that's right. He did. <laughs> yeah, and that's it, dedication to your craft. Okay. <laughs> it's funny because I I had like a science teacher. Uh, I think it, like it was in middle school, and he was like kind of like the funny dude, like like a sweater vest wearing, tie button up like guy. But he was like really funny, um, and that made that made me more interested to learn about science and like get in that like mindset like hey this is cool we're doing some fun stuff here that and you can um, see that this guy loved what he was doing too yeah. yeah like that 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 says volumes about teachers when you know the teacher wants to be there doing what they're doing i automatically <laughs> am more interested in class. I, just, I just have to bring up real quick do you know he, he reminded me uh, a little bit like if he would have been a little kookier he reminded me a lot of the principal from uh um Cooties? Uh, no, t- uh, Todd in the Book oh. of Pure Evil. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever see that show? No. Oh my God, you'd love it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna email this to you, and you're gonna look it up on. I think it's still on Netflix. Yeah. And watch it. It's just incredible. Awesome. It has yeah. to do with metal music and. Uh, it's like Evil Dead meets 
the X-Files. Like Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, wait. <laughs> like, yes, I did see that. Well, okay. Did you watch it? What is it called? Yeah. Todd, Todd, versus the book of, the book of Todd versus the Book of Pure Evil. Yeah, or Todd and the Book of Pure Todd Evil. And the, yeah. yeah. Jason Mewes is in it. like a school. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, and the prin- Shit, we should have talked about that last episode. <laughs> the principal. The, oh, we should have. Oh, man. The That's The principal reminded me a lot of him. Yeah. Like, they, they kind of have that kind of soft tone to him, except for the principal and Todd and the Book of Pure Hale's, Evil was Hale's, like... Hail Satan. Hail Satan. Yeah, they definitely wear a lot of brown. <laughs> Sorry, that was off topic. Um, what were you saying? Oh, uh, I, I just said <laughs> they definitely wear a lot of brown. <laughs> Before that. <laughs> well, uh, I, I'll just bring up too, real quick. Uh, the kind of the kind of the funny thing that happened with so the the Duffer brothers got passed up for it, and then right. They they end up coming back around and snagging Finn Wolfhard, who is in you know he plays uh, Mike Wheeler in Stranger Things. They they snatched him up for it for it. Yeah, it's like the slap could, in the face. Yeah, could that be any more of a just yeah. spit in your face? So before we get to the kids, I think the kids are obviously the highlight of the show. Yeah, for right? sure. Before we get to them though, because I, I feel as we're gonna spend a lot of time on them, I want to talk about the sheriff. Jim yeah. his his character to me, like Hopper's character, is is brilliant to me because if there if there is any character on that entire show that evolves the most, it's his character. And I loved watching it. It was like he was the he was the backbone to me of the entire series. I would, I would make the argument that Steve Harrington evolves <laughs> quite a bit too. I, I'm sorry. I'm like just to interject real quick. I've never gone from hating a character so much to liking him so much as I have with Steve. Yeah, he does have like. <sighs> yeah. A, uh, he, he's got this moment in. I think it's in the last episode. He where comes all of a back. sudden. He, he all of a sudden he becomes like a decent guy. Yeah. And I'm like, shit. I kind of like Steve. All of a sudden, it's a big one, <laughs> Get him, Steve. The same thing. <laughs> Get him, Steve. Oh, no, hey, Jay. Jay. Spoilers. I'm going to take my headphones off so I don't hear this. <laughs> yeah, I, was kind of, I, I, I feel bad for Jay on this episode because you you literally can't chime in oh, on yeah, it. I, I, I can still hear with my headphones off. <laughs> I'm going to like, I'll, I'll like Facebook Live us or something. Like we're going we're gonna to get back to movie posters toward the end so that you can jump back in, Jay. I'm sorry. Um, um, so was, anyway, I'm sorry. Jim no, Hopper, I you just, were saying. I just love his character. He goes from this uh, extremely just defeated shell of a human being like that's how he starts he's drinking the second he wakes yeah. up he's a terrible sheriff doesn't care about anything and then by the very end though he cares the most out of everyone he has, he's he's well, the that one that connection that's with his still, daughter right? yeah and watching that that journey that he takes though through this whole thing is i think the most human part of the entire show did either of you guys like watching somebody come out of a deep depression? Did either did you know? either of you guys think at some at any point that uh, it was going to turn out that Eleven was his daughter? Yes, I I, I yes. didn't put that together. Um, but you know, so uh, Jim Hopper lost a daughter, and that's that's a connection. Right. Um, so when um, who was it? Will Will goes missing, um, and he has an in- instant connection, and that like. That's like kind of like the call to arms. Like he's he's in action at that point, um, and it, it's it's so important because like that aligns the key like key players of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, it's so cool because like you don't usually like root for the the police officer 
in, in a show like i mean they're <clears throat> uh they're heroic but like it, it didn't feel like the show that like you'd you'd have like a police officer being uh like a lead role in like a, a movie with kids it's the right? kind of, it's the kind of the, the story too it, it it's the kind of story that you would just expect the cops the entire time to be against you right like them not believing you them either, either, constantly either, trying to fight what either you know against is true. you or just completely inept or think you're batshit crazy and you know what i mean like, like just yeah. just inept like like for some reason you have these children who are like solving this mystery and and the cops just they have their heads up their asses the entire time it's like you know if, what like, I mean? like like if the main sheriff was like donkey lips yeah so <laughs> completely inept <laughs> so here's the thing if they if they didn't oh, have dude. hopper on their side they could have never penetrated the corrupt laboratory right uh what was it hawking's electric or something where were they operating under hawking's uh hawking's power or something something, yeah yeah, yeah. i can't i can't remember exactly but yeah it's it's something like that yeah but that's a good point like the kids would have only made it so far right i think lucas like actually figured out where where it was like he followed his, you yeah, know, he, he followed his compass or whatever. Electromagnetism. To like, exactly. He found where it was, but he I, would he have been able to make it in there? Who knows? No, I mean they, they had guns, they had that place armed, and then it wasn't until like Hopper came in and was like kicking major butt, like eighties action film style, <laughs> like just like shooting keypads and like getting past locked doors and like creating false identities and like stealing people's like laminated cards to like swipe and get past locked doors mm-hmm. like it was like the ultimate homage to like any kick-ass badass 80s action like sequence of like getting past like a high security area yeah yeah, yeah. Way, way easier than it would ever be in real life. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like, not not to go off tangent, there's this found footage movie called Area 51, <laughs> where oh, the kids geez. break into Area 51, and it's like the most unrealistic, like, it's, it's so it's, ridiculous. If we climb this hill, we can pretty much just walk right in. <laughs> yeah, literally, they just, they, they, they hop over a fence, and they're just mosing through uh, the halls of Area 51. The first yeah. half what? of that movie was so sweet, and then the second half yep. just sucked. They definitely have like it. a B team writing uh, staff. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, like uh, we let's ro- just call Jimmy Johns and we'll call this one a day. <laughs> we did this movie freaky fast. <laughs> um, um, let's back uh, to, yeah. let's let's talk let's talk about the uh, the kids the real kids. quick because well, yeah, obviously they're they, like, they're the, the epicenter of, of the whole show. Um, what a what a what a crazy lineup of like amazing. <laughs> like kid actors that they were able to put together you know before I mean? we before we get into it though who's your favorite kid oh dustin hudderson uh <laughs> yep. yeah for sure he was um you know what when they when they were picking or casting kids like they had them reading scripts from like stand by me um so that was how they like determine which kids would work and, and picked out the group so like that was pretty pretty cool to, like read that and like uh, but yeah, Dustin was cool. Like I, my favorite movie, is still The Goonies. Like mm-hmm. I, I love it, and that's you know that's so sloth. Is, <laughs> so you mean Chunk or Chunk? Yeah, yeah I'm sorry. Oops. <laughs> no, I, I I actually I read something about him, and you can see like if I like after I read this, because you don't really you don't really notice it as you're watching the eight episodes of the first season, but. Uh, after I watched the the last episode, you know, I like to go on IMDb and read the facts and stuff like that. And uh, it, it it said that he his voice had changed so much between the first and the last episode that they couldn't bring him back 
to do ADR. Okay. And, and if I you know, about, like, I actually heard about that. If you yeah. watch the pilot, you watch the pilot. He's he's a little kid, and then by the eighth episode, like he's halfway through puberty. <laughs> it's hilarious. Which is it's really gonna it like it makes me wonder how it's gonna go yeah. for did the you, next. Because like within these kids are all like what like 12, 12 did you 13 see them years on old. The, uh, when I was when I was when I, between the ages of uh, thirteen and fifteen. I grew six inches and my voice dropped to where it is now, which so, is which is so, still not that manly. So season two, it's gonna be like, get the demi gorgon. You sound like Muzzy. <laughs> Did you see them even at that awards show though? Uh, what was it? Was it the uh, what award show was that? The the uh, the TV one. Uh, God, I can't. Oh, uh, Emmys. The, the Emmys. Emmys yeah. yeah, they came down on the Emmys and were handing out. Yeah, and they're all like six feet tall. Yeah, though. they all they, they look the same. Yeah, yeah. But they all looked a little bit different just in that short time period. So, um, I feel as though they they would have to do some sort of time lapse to make it make well, sense. I, you know I did look yeah. into this a little bit. Um, oh, you did. Yeah, the, the Duffer brothers were entertaining the thought of like maybe we jump time and then like pick up ten years later. Uh, That'd be oh, ten, year, That'd be ten years later, that would almost be too They'd much. They had to recast at that yeah. point. Um, and and uh, you know, this this might be speculation. Um, it was just like uh, reading what was already out there. But like, uh, I, I guess they've decided to cast all the all the kids again. Um, the only wild card is eleven. Really? Um, yeah. So that really? Yeah. That end scene. Like we don't know if she made it. Huh. Oh, that's true. Well, okay. Okay. Spoilers like fucking crazy, okay? <laughs> so he's bringing Egos to a box in the middle of the woods. Right. She's obviously She's obviously there still. I yeah. don't even think that's a question. Okay. She exists somehow somewhere to where she can get that. He's not doing that for the hell of it and I can't imagine that he only did that once and we saw it. Which uh fun fact, you Mil- know, Millie, okay. Millie Bobby Brown, the girl I'll who plays <laughs> the girl who plays 11 in real life hates egos <laughs> she does <laughs> they're they're uh, who, who horrible hates, waffles who hates egos well, i like uh, egos. she's clearly un-american i mean i like i it's, like i like a good waffle but i don't mind an ego uh, you, don't, you don't like i grew up an ego 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 waffles and um having a real waffle there's no comparison <laughs> <laughs> they're they always have that like hot pocket thing where they're like kind of frozen in the middle and then <laughs> like egos yeah, uh, so like I don't know. I don't know. Was, with with well, what it is with real waffles is the uh, the reservoirs <laughs> are are like an are like a half an inch deeper, so you can just fit that much more syrup. Yeah. Welcome to the I'll, Breakfast Kill podcast. <laughs> I like my waffles Belgian. Ah <laughs> oh, yes, yes, hell yeah. Uh, Some of those deep pockets. Mm. Um, more I, places to put your shit. I want to say, I want uh, <laughs> uh, r- real quick regarding the cast. I uh, I thought the cat it was casted brilliantly. Like it, it's it's cool how they actually found kids. Like every movie that you see nowadays is like uh, like kids who are like the like the whole cast. It's almost like they're too beautiful. Like they're they're all like people who yeah, these people don't like. Wait, there's, are you there's, in this show or in? I'm other talking things? about in other things. Okay. It's like you see it, you watch a movie, and you're like, these people are all too good looking to be part of the same group. Like you don't see this many good people, good looking people all together. Like, and not saying that these aren't like cute kids and good looking people and stuff, but like 
they all had qualities about them that actually made them like uh, um, Charlie Heaton, who played Jonathan Byers. He actually looks like he looks like he's from the eighties. Yeah, if that doesn't no, like, no, I, he, I, yeah. he's got like this very like Eddie Furlong kind of thing oh going God, on. He does look like Eddie Doesn't Furlong. You're and right. Jonathan, he was like the the older brother of Will, the the kid that goes missing. Right, exactly. Yeah, and and uh, and uh, Natalia Dyer, who plays Nancy Wheeler, who's the girl, uh, who is uh, Mike Wheeler's older sister. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like she's a she's a cute girl, but yeah. she's not like this crazy like bombshell that you need that you usually see in like in in big hollywood uh horror movies like she's she's the girl next door type of cute you know what i mean like she's right. not uh like just it's I, I i think they casted it in a way that like just lends to the charm of that sort of 80s kind of feel yeah. you know what i mean totally I, do you guys agree with she's that she's a or? little firecracker though <laughs> yeah, she is. When she's swinging that baseball bat, I'm like, oh yeah, swing it. That, swing yeah, that it. was kind of a cool, like you know, it's uh, the character development was like crazy on Stranger Things because like that was an interesting story because like all the you know all the boys involved in, in the storyline were like in a D and D and like in the basement and like doing their own thing. And then, like, the older sister, like, used to be friends with them, and, like, and now she's interested in boys and, like, going out and, like... It's a very natural It's very setup. realistic, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 yeah, and, like, I, you know, I had two older sisters, and I remember, like, you know, like, that, like, moment, like, when, like, we stopped playing, like, Nintendo or whatever, and, like, you kind of, like, lose when that, like, circle uncool. of friends. Yeah, and it's <laughs> like, oh, I don't want to hang out with this person anymore, like... Uh, they're, they're my, you know, younger brother or whatever. And they're, you know, they, they might embarrass me or, yeah. um, so that was, that kind of hit home with me. And like, I appreciated <clears throat> the effort, um, to create those storylines and that like humanized like the characters in the show. They weren't afraid to portray kids as kids, right? Like, everything that they did. I think people of our age group can relate to everything. Mm-hmm. Even down, even if you weren't the nerd that played D and D, you can relate to those kids because something about their personalities, something about what they did, you did. Well, Ross, if, well, if we weren't the know? nerds that played D and D, we were the nerds playing Pogs. Exactly. You or, know, uh, the Duffer Brothers talked about this too, and they they said that uh, we originally like grew up playing Magic, like, and they were talking about you know the brothers, like, but you know they they knew that that didn't exist in in the eighties, so they they went with D and D. Um, and they, they talked a little <clears throat> bit about like the, the capturing the 80 eighties vibe. Um, and I, and I love this. Like they said, like we were still in that pre internet and pre cell phone, um, phase, like, uh, most of our childhood, um, we were the last generation to have that experience of going out with our friends into the woods or onto the train tracks though, you know, and the only way our parents could connect with us was to say like, it's time for dinner. Yep. And that, like, oh man, that resonated with me like so much. How like, how old are the Duffer Brothers? Do we know? I don't know. Can we can we look this up? I'm 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 curious though. Are you guys, they? You guys talk amongst yeah, yourselves. Well, I'll find out. Well, it was like, you said time for dinner. Like like kids nowadays will absolutely not know what the phrase "come home and the streetlights turn on" means. I I grew up with they that. They will. Yeah. So, same here. I had the streetlight curfew. And that's the type of of people they're connecting to. They were born in 1984. Oh shit! Okay, so, so they're, so they're age. Okay. Right. Okay. Beautiful. Wow. Um, right, so, so they're, cool. they're they're literally speaking to our demographic, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
Well, yeah, it's, I, I grew it, up in, it's basically like it's basically like 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 sitting down and watching their show or or, or whatever they do in the future is going to be like them going, "Hey, you remember when?" You know, it's gonna it, yeah. it's gonna be like sitting down with a couple of buddies and going, "Hey, you remember when uh, your mom used to come out on the porch and go?" It's time for dinner. <laughs> like that's... Dude, uh, I have like vivid memories, like growing up in Brighton, Michigan, when it was like a small town and uh, it was a heavily wooded area and like all of my friends owned BMX bikes. So like when I saw that, it just put me in that mood. <laughs> and like, I remember like thinking like, God, we were, we were crazy kids. Like we, we would, we were by train tracks. So like my house was like adjacent to trains or a, a, a like a set of train tracks and and we would race this train like maniacs like we would play chicken with a fucking <laughs> train and i think about it now and like think like god like we were so so young and so stupid and like uh but like that was a thing like we we would go through like you know the forest and explore and like build bike ramps and we would have our flashlights and like we had like really shitty walkie talkies. And I think that was like the one cool thing about stranger things is like they had some really cool walkie talkies. <laughs> I, I gotta this be is, honest. This, this is, is actually... not all that different than our lives now though, because literally like a year ago we hung out down by the train tracks up in bad acts by did. your house. And we had really shitty reception on our cell phones. We, we so it's kind of like having shitty walkie talkies playing I, by the train tracks. I often <laughs> think about that. Like how I haven't really grown up. Like there's other dudes my age doing things that i guess you would call adult things i still like like, i'm i'm still down to like crawl through the brush to make it out to the train tracks Mm -hmm. to hike down the train tracks Mm -hmm. for a mile like i just and walk them and walk them back to the brush you walk the train tracks right like and i think that's why i really loved stranger things because it it kind of like it kind of taps into that that part of me that's still a kid you know what i mean yeah, I, I love that, like, you know, pre-internet, pre-cell phone, like, analogy that they made. Because those were the things that you did for entertainment. Mm-hmm. You didn't, you, like, you weren't going on uh, to check and see, like, how many, like, uh, like retweets or whatever that you right. had. Like, it was it was all about, like, just having an, an experience with your friends. Yeah. That's, what, <laughs> that's like, what life was. That's what your life was, though, then. <clears throat> yeah. You woke up in the morning, and if it was summer vacation... What am, what am I going to experience today? What am I going to go do that's going to make me want to get up tomorrow and do the whole thing over again? That was life. Yeah. This, this, I was, you know, like... <laughs> it was all about, like, Nintendo just and, and, and bikes <laughs> and, yeah, say, exploring. It's, it's kind of depressing yeah. because I know that the, 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 the next generation, they... It's like... I'm sure that our grandparents are like, oh, you don't know what it was like back when we were kids, and now we're like that. Like, well, no, the kid, the kids coming up now, these little assholes that just have their faces buried in their cell phones all the time. That's their childhood. Well, someday they're gonna grow up and talk about like Facebook. Like, oh, you remember Facebook? <laughs> and that's gonna be their childhood, which kind of makes me feel bad for them. Jokes on them though, because the parents have teamed up with Samsung. And they're exploding kids' phones because they're on them too much. You want to know something that's gonna face off? You want to know something that's gonna make you feel real old? What is that? Kids nowadays don't use Facebook because that's for old people. Are you serious? Yeah. What like teenagers? What do they use now? Twitter and uh, and uh, Snapchat. 
They used telepathy and <laughs> there, were, there was a thing a couple Sundays ago where I, I'm, I'm not mentioning any names of people or the just because of whatever. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But um, where um, they were, someone was talking and her daughter was, she was like, oh, my daughter, blah, 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 shared this on Snapchat and Facebook. And she's like, Facebook, you said mom that, mom, you said I use Facebook in front of those people? She's like, that's for old people. Dude, I, I knew, I, knew I, I was old when I thought Snapchat or Snapchat was just for dick pics. Like, <laughs> like you know you're old. Don't wait, get me wait, wrong, it's, it wait, is. It's, it's not. <laughs> yeah, buzz, Buzzkill podcast Snapchat coming soon. Dick pics like you wouldn't send believe. Us, <laughs> send us your dick pics. We're talking two, three inches, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Between all of us. <laughs> they're, they're stacked actually it's one okay <laughs> listen as much as i would like to talk about stranger things for about three more hours and, <laughs> which we and could which we very yeah, well we, could. we really could uh we need to wrap this up i want to wrap it up with uh, a question and then uh and then we have to do our announcements still, yeah so. yeah closing argument too uh for stranger things like like, like, closing like, argument. Like, like like if you have one last thing to say about stranger things it was awesome watch it uh, I, I would like to say things to watch after you found an empty hole in your life after finishing Stranger Things. Oh, yeah, go for it. Here's my top ten. Rattle them off. One, Super 8. Mm. Yeah. Two, Freaks and Geeks, the show. Yeah. Three, Goonies, watch yes. it. Oh. Four, Monster Squad. Yeah. Five, Gremlins. Uh-huh. I, just, I, just wanted, I just wanted to let you know right now. I got a halfie right now. Yeah, Mike's, <laughs> Mike's going. Mike's Keep half chub. Keep going. Uh, six, stand by me. Oh, Mike, don't act like you've seen that. <laughs> and I'm really excited about this one because I, I never saw it as a kid and I, I just watched so it recently. You. Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Oh, you jo- oh it's so good. I was, I'm, I'm new to it so, and I love it. It's, I it's need to so let good. you borrow my DVD copy of it because there's three cuts of the films. Don't get into this right now. Giant timeline. Don't get into this right now. Oh, no, so no, no, no. Keep going. So keep going. Keep going. <laughs> eight. Ocho. E.T. Oh, ocho. Yeah. What is eight? Ocho? Isn't that Spanish for eight? I don't know. Eight, eight, ocho. Yeah, Ocho. Oh, I've never heard of that though. No, it's it's the number eight. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I don't know. I was, I was, actually, I was about I to explain Spanish to him. I thought you were saying like, the name of the movie was Ocho. I thought I was going to tell you how Spanish works. You need to watch the original it, subtitle version though. Like none of that redub. <laughs> Stuff, it's the like, sequel to it's the prequel to Super Eight. It goes it's Ocho and then Super Eight. <laughs> it's Watching a, the read out there yelling eight, 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 and you see their lips are clearly not saying the letter. Ocho the Supremo. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Okay, number nine. It follows. We talked a little bit about this. Yep. Uh, if you're living in, in Detroit or Michigan, um, watch it. It's it was filmed there. It's great, uh, great music. Um, and number ten. Um, and this is for the love of the, the the Duffer Brothers Eater. It's a short film that they created. Um, it, it'll take you like 12 or 15 minutes to watch it. Um, it's horror. It's about cannibalism. It's so scary. Nice. So cool. Cool. I do love eating humans. <laughs> Jay? We'll try to uh, it'd be cool to get a copy of that list to throw up on. on oh, yeah. Oh, it'll, yeah. Be well, it'll, it'll be up. up there. It'll be up. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, I uh, like as you heard of last time, I was at 27 <laughs> minutes of Stranger Things. Now I'm at 28. So, by next time, I hope to... To be at 29 minutes, that'll be good. But you're Jay. enjoying it so far. I am enjoying you it. You recommend One it. One minute <clears throat> at a time. I, I just added, I, I haven't had any, any any TV time whatsoever. All right. So. Uh, last question. Uh, we're gonna we're all gonna do this kind of kind of quickly, and then uh, Alex and I are gonna do uh, our announcement about Search the City, and then and then we're done. Uh, last question. Uh, all time favorite 
cover art. I think Alex and I might actually be the same on this one. So, Mikey, you start. No, no, you guys go first. I need some time to... Yeah, so um, we we talked a little bit about this, like, and and James is wearing the t-shirt, so, like... (laughs) Uh yeah, Jaws. Yep. Jaws was my number one. Yep. Um, There's no no doubt. And for for a lot of reasons, like one, the visual simplicity of it. Uh, two, it looks like so scary. Three, like it's the type is cool. It's all like hand drawn lettering. Uh, you know. And then, just... and, the, and the fact that like in the poster they show the shark, and in the in the film like that was like something that they kept like hidden and like uh and that added to that suspense and like that was cool to like go into the movie knowing the poster knowing like what it looked like and then like not seeing it and you're like it was (laughs) that anticipation yeah one i i like that there's there's a rhythm to this uh i'm i'm looking at my shirt because like you said uh i'm wearing a jaws shirt right now but there's a rhythm to this like your your eye is instantly attracted to uh at least for me your eye is attracted to the largest thing on on the poster or the or the cover art which is this shark's face uh and then you look upward and then you see this naked woman swimming and you're like at first you're like oh that looks like a pretty big shark and then you see this woman who's tiny and you're like that shark's massive <laughs> you're like so you know that well, that's a really tiny lady so so you know like it, it, <laughs> so you know it breaks it down into the simplest terms to understand like this is a movie about a really massive shark and then you see at the very top there's like this stark contrast between the ocean and the sky and it's like you know this is where this is where people are supposed to be this is where this shark is supposed to be and this woman should not be where the shark is supposed to be. Yeah. And then you see the jaws, and it's all over. It's this blood red jaws, and 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 everything you need to know about this movie is right here. I will say this: like I, I had a hard time settling, and the runners up were House uh, and Ding Dong. You're dead. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's so good. You go ahead, real quick. All right. Uh, There's lots of cover art that I have loved over the years, and for different reasons. Mm -hmm. If I had to break it down, though, uh, when it comes to design, I I am always of the impression that simpler is better. And I like very clean, very simple designs. Mm -hmm. So if I had to say something right now, it would be Halloween. Uh, If not because of... All the years that I've seen that, it's so simple and it's so accessible. It's it's a jack-o'-lantern. And you look at it and it's a pumpkin. Everybody knows what that is. And you start from the top and you're looking down and you have the ridges of the pumpkins, ridges of the pumpkins. And then at the very end, knife. And it fits so perfectly and so seamless and it's so simple. Well, it's like the knuckles make yeah. up the ridge of the pumpkins. Is that what you're talking about? No, the ridge of the pumpkin is the pumpkin. And the very last ridge... Is is a knife? Yeah. It gradually it gradually becomes the hand. You're talking about the 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 poster where it's like yeah yeah. Well, so it goes from being the ridges of the pumpkins to being the knuckles of the hand. It gradually like turns. Oh well, into yeah, the knuckles. That, yeah, yeah. I think we're I think we're that's what I was asking. Thing. That's yeah, the yeah. one you're talking about, right? And the thing is, is is I didn't realize until years after I saw it. There's a knife. In that poster, I looked at it. And I saw a pumpkin. 
I saw yeah. Pumpkin Halloween, the face. Oh, okay, cool, cool. It wasn't until years later when I realized, oh, shit, his knife's in the... It's And it's so simple, and it's so effective. And you look at it, and you realize, okay, this movie mm-hmm. is about a holiday. And the movie... Okay, see, okay, now that we're looking at it, you're talking about the knuckles on the top. I was talking about the knife point. That's yeah, no, I'm talking about his okay. knuckles. Like so his, we were both talking about the same thing. His knuckles fade into... Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, this is genius. And, 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 the whole thing like is amazing. Like I said, looking at it now, it's how could you not see it, right? I, I just never focused on it, though. This, like, it this was, to me, is another one of those ones where there's a rhythm to it. It's like, it's, yeah, it's, and it's, it's almost... It's it's so violent, even though it's like it looks so innocuous, aside from the hand holding the knife, but the rest of it looks pretty innocuous. But when you really think about it, it's it's the motion of a hand stabbing yeah. over and over and over and over, which yeah. is so violent. Yeah, it's amazing. And you know, I, this, I, these simple designs, though, to me. Oh yeah. Okay. I, I, I your standard run of the mill artist, I don't honestly think would be smart enough to do something that simple and that effective. Well, it's it's hard you, to as, do. as a designer. Do you agree? Like that takes more, I think, talent. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, to do the, the the simple stuff than the the big gaudy, lots of you know everything going on. Yeah, there's there's that saying like perfection is uh, achieved when there's not nothing more to add, but nothing less to take away, or something like that. Um, it speaks to you know simplicity is. Um, all about like achieving the the message without over over bloating <clears throat> it or you know adding too much, um, and th- that's not very common in, in like horror either. Like you have a lot of reoccurring themes of like strong lighting and, and strong shadows, um, where the shadows are like really intense and high contrast. You also see a, see a lot of like dry brush l- drawn lettering where it looks like it resembles dripping blood or blood spatter. Um, or the the titles feel like rust or spastic mm-hmm. of that nature, mm-hmm. um, or you, or you ha- either have that or like set type of that era, like you know, uh, ITC uh, Ed Benguay like did the typeface for Stranger Things, and that was like a wedge or sharp serif, and like you see a lot of that where like the typefaces of like a lot of those older Stephen King movies just felt sharp and like if you touch them they would cut you well that was the same font wasn't it the, the itc Bengoy. that was mm-hmm. that was the one of like, earlier books i know that like I think yeah I that's, mentioned you that's the exact same font one. that was used well i think yeah. uh, i think there was like probably 10 or 12 of the oh, books that okay. used that same font yeah jay do you have a a a, a favorite like horror movie the, cover there's a lot and uh and i was thinking through them all and um one that particularly stuck out my mind is uh the cover for 13 ghosts like the remake or the original? The original or the remake? The remake. The remake oh, one, because yeah. it has that it's super creepy, wide mo- mouth, wide-eyed face. Screaming with all the Screaming mm-hmm. screaming at you with all but the ghost a, faces built into it's it. It's a mosaic, like, too, right? Yeah. Like right. A, a mosaic of the images? Yep. It, it, and yeah, it's all the really different cool. ghost face built into it. And that's, mm-hmm. It's just a really weird and gives you a weird feeling looking at it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah, Because it also, it also has kind of that, uh, a fl- like, the flavor of, like, one of those 80s... Uh, like type covers right just, that, right just the picture of like the screaming face the big wide white eyes and stuff like that and i yeah that's cool mm-hmm. um geez this is our longest episode ever <laughs> so, i had a feeling this one was going to go a little bit yeah long. well with our feeling. first guest and especially with it being alan we were like we we're excited to have him here uh, yeah. uh to anybody who might have um an objection to this being a little bit over two hours my message to you is 
well, that's that's right not, off. That's not really. It's <laughs> not really a way to. Con- my my message is to you is that we love you and thank you for listening. <laughs> this show has been edited down from seven hours of, <laughs> of audio. So uh, before we get into uh, where you can find us and follow us and everything, I just want to. Uh, we're going to do our, our Search the City announcement real quick. Um, as I stated earlier, Alex and I are members of a band called Search the City. We formed in 2005, I believe, right? 2005? I'll buy it. Yep. Two, uh, <laughs> two, 2006, we released our first EP by the name of Ghosts. And uh, since that EP, that was the first... That was the first um, record or the first and only record that was ever that ever featured the original six members of search the city right and uh it, we're insanely proud of it it it's kind of what like set our style in stone in stone and uh um we wanted to announce that we will be releasing a special edition of ghosts on vinyl uh limited run who knows if we'll do another repressing or not. I guess it kind of depends on whether or not uh, some of you people would like to <laughs> to buy one. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, what would you describe Search the City? Uh, like, what is our sound? Like, um, for fans, I mean, there's a lot of people out there that have probably never heard the band or have no interest in it other than, like, we we have a, a album called Ghost and that loosely ties into horror. Yeah. <laughs> from from an from an outsider's perspective. Yeah, why don't you go ahead? I, it's somewhere between it's it's somewhere between Kenny Loggins and Slayer. Okay. Whoa. Somewhere, like it's somewhere, somewhere in between. It's somewhere in between. There. Okay. Uh, no, it's it, it's uh, those it's, Loggins Slayer fans are going to be super disappointed when they. It's uh, <laughs> it's it's very guitar driven kind of power punk. Uh, Pop, power pop, power, power pop, probably power yeah. pop. Is that probably, how we, yeah. is that the direction we're gonna go? Coin um, it. the the band has a very storied history. It's uh, we we ended up signed by um, Tooth and Nail Records, put out an album. There was some member changes, put out another album, but now the original six members are back together. We're releasing this vinyl. Uh, we're we're very excited about it, and uh, if the stars align. We will be doing some shows to support the release of the vinyl. Um, so that's that's kind of what we have for you, and we're <laughs> we're very excited about it. What what are you guys smirking yeah, that's, about? That's exciting you just, to hear. You, awesome. you just set that in stone. I want you to know that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So it, here's the we all kind of like me and Alex and Josh. We all live in Michigan. Oh, and, and Andy. Well, really, there's only two of us that are in other states. So right. If there's a big enough response and there's people who actually want to see us play some shows in support of this, we'll get Jimmy Full Blast back here and we'll get Adam back here and we'll play some shows. And we will release this vinyl, and we'll have a damn good time doing it. So, uh, and this this is relevant because we're old, right? Like we're talking about retro things, and Search the City is is so retro that yeah, we put out a record ten yeah, years that was like a, le- a decade ten, ago. Yeah, ten years ago. So I, we came out in April of twenty sixteen or twenty two thousand six. It's twenty sixteen now. A bunch of olds playing music. Yeah, and uh, we're all older. We're all wiser and fatter, and we have some of us have kids. Some of us are married, but we still love this album as much as the day that we recorded it and released it the first time. And we're excited to uh, offer it up on this format. And uh, we hope that you guys are as excited as we are. So that's uh, this is that's about absolutely. it. This is for the an anniversary, correct? 
It uh, it's the ten year anniversary of the release of the the original EP of Ghosts. So. Nice, nice, uh, awesome. And can I can I ask one question in closing? Yeah, go ahead. Why is Search the City bad at karate? Why is Search the City bad at karate? This isn't gonna make sense to anybody. <laughs> I'm just going to answer because we never learned the proper wax on, wax off <laughs> technique. You know because what? They never took karate. <laughs> that, as we know, is so important to learn. And if uh, Mr. Miyagi hadn't... Just let him go. <laughs> let, him, let me go. Because <laughs> of all the white belts. <laughs> Mike likes to make fun of back in like 2007 when we took a promotional picture where we were all wearing white belts. Not on purpose, it just happened to be that way. Everybody wore white belts. It's more funny because I I asked that question on your MySpace page when you posted the picture (laughs) and I got a bunch of crap from I think you guys actually or other fans before I knew James, before I knew you. I was just trolling you guys. (laughs) MySpace, that's for dead people. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. So make sure follow the podcast, Buzzkill Podcast, on MySpace at uh, <laughs> myspace.com slash nothing. Yeah, uh, you can find us on uh, a Twitter at thebuzzkillpc.com. You can find us at Facebook. Not dot .com, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, the bu- at the buzzkillpc. Yeah, at the buzzkillpc. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, SoundCloud. Instagram. Instagram, and... Tumblr. Ooh, Tumblr. You at can the, find Stranger the Things. Kill podcast. You can find Stranger Things on Netflix. <laughs> and Schlitz at your local liquor store. And we are coming to you from Ocean Recording Studio, which uh, you're running a special right now? I'm actually offering a free recording session for a complete free song, tracked, mixed, and mastered. Go to oceanrecordingstudio.com slash contests. Simple click and enter to get entered into the contest and uh, check go, it out. Go get it. You're gonna get you're gonna get a professional recording for free, non, which is non biased opinion. We we record here and it's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a really good studio. Don't. Which not, not yeah. only this, but we've recorded music here and yeah. uh, everything is just. You have samples top. on your website, correct? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, go to the website. Tom Knox, go to the website, check it out. Uh, We are the Buzzkill Podcast, and that's it for us this week. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers, fellas.